Yeah, we're always tardy here at Medicine the Man, unfortunately. Yeah, we like to party. <laughs> yeah, it's a work call. I got to hop on at 530, okay. so it's like a thing. All right, well, we apologize for always being tardy, but Raleigh, nice to meet you. Welcome to Medicine the Man. We'll definitely set this up for another time, but uh, Serm reached out, told us we should definitely get you on, said it'd be up our alley. Uh, you just wrote a book, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, Serm's a good buddy of mine, so I uh, wrestled for many years, and I my kind of quick story is that after college, I was working on Wall Street, and I worked there for a few years and I wound up quitting my job and moving to Peru to become a professional MMA fighter and I fought uh, down there in a, in a South American league and had this crazy story and wrote a book called The Cage Escaping the American Dream I like it so this is just the the preview for we're gonna ha we'll have you on next week and you, we go way more in detail well how long is the phone call that you gotta hop on oh it's it's for like an hour and a half. Oh, That's all right. Yeah, that'd probably yeah, yeah. be about the length of the podcast. So, kick kick yeah, us a text. Yeah, unfortunately. Still on, we'll have you come back on. But Raleigh, yeah, yeah, I'd love to. I'd love to tell my story. I'd love to uh, to chat with you a little bit more. How do you pronounce? How do you pronounce that? Peterkin. Raleigh Peterkin. Peterkin. Yeah, uh, yeah. I I tried to put like some type of spin on it. It was as easy <laughs> as it read. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. A lot of people say Peterkin, like like a Russian sounding last name or something. I knew I saw Peter in there, and I knew that right away. Yeah, and a lot of people say Rolly too, but uh, Raleigh, like uh, like North Carolina. <laughs> what did I say, Rolly? No, you said it right. You said it right. Good job. Oh, yeah, Raleigh. Yeah. Right. So right now, the book can people get it everywhere? Yeah, it's on it's on Amazon. Um, you know, everywhere, and then uh, you know, I have a I have a podcast too called The Divergent Path, and I've interviewed a lot of people who have kind of taken alternative routes in life and done all this crazy shit. So. Uh, you know, I like it. It's it's uh, it's fun. I know I love podcasting. It's great to uh, connect with people. So it's good to connect with you guys. Fuck yes, that, absolutely. So we'll, we'll get you on next week then. Yeah, sounds good, man. You know what it is. Our time is always ish. So it's <laughs> right, right. Five ish, five thirty ish, and then it's going to be around that time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Well, next time, just a little little better uh, better planning, and we'll uh, chat a little longer. But it's good to see you guys. Good to uh, get to speak. And All right, man. I look forward to I'll it. See you. All right, All right. Man, take care. Later. Man, he's a good guy. Yes, Raleigh Peterkin. That's so. pretty wild that he was just like after college. Like, I want to know more about it because he's at Peru, right? Peru. Yes, he went to Peru and started fighting. Even that, I'd have to. Like I said, I didn't get even his name until two minutes ago. But Peru is like, uh, that's not like a first world country, right? Um, I'm not sure. First world? What, what do you mean first world would be good? You mean third world? No, we're like first world. Like, you know, people say like first world problems. Like kids like, oh, my, my battery's dead. Yeah, so what are you trying to say? That Peru's good or bad? No, like Peru's not a first, like like a third World, you know what I mean? Like, uh, uh, yes, I believe it is like a yeah. second or third world country. What's a second world country? Um, I don't know. That would be a. I only hear first, like us, or like third, like Africa. Yeah. Somewhere in Africa, not Africa as a you know whole, but. All right. Well, 
Raleigh was going to be our first guest, but we started up a little late. But uh, welcome well, I to just, episode ninety-seven, Renaissance in the Man. Yeah, I just because in my I'm so bad with the timing. Like in my head, I got home. I was like, all right, I'll start my like little workout at four. I didn't start. I'm like, I'll do a just a hard half hour. That'll give me a half hour to shower, get dressed, get ready for the show, do our levels. So. A four o'clock start turned to like a four eleven, four twelve start, which I didn't want to cut on the back end of the workout and take off. You know, so then so ending at like forty is you know, forty-five-ish ending time. I get upstairs, protein shake, next you know, I mean, next thing you know, it's it's fucking five o'clock and I'm just getting out of the shower. So even that, I was thinking like we have joked about it before with like um, Gilbert, Bilal. I think we joked about it with Dean Thomas as well. So we don't do, I guess we run on black people time or we run on Brazilian time or like what is Puerto Rican time? Is that late, early? Yeah, we're not, we're not, we're not. Uh... Is that, or is that one of those expressions that you could just, you might know a white guy who's always late and you're like, oh, what do you want, white people time? Yeah. Well, what would, we're just late. What would know. what would white people time be? I'm early for everything because I'm not fifteen early. minutes early. <laughs> I'm not. I, I'm late for everything. Um. Well, the thing is, over my uh, the more important it is to you, nothing against the show. I guess the more <laughs> like the less no. late you are. Like days that I really like wanted to train, I was there like a half hour early. But there are some days like I don't fucking want to go. Like I don't want. So you look for excuses to, you know. Um, We're real professional here at Menace and the Men. Yeah. Uh, uh, unless we have like a big guest, and even then, I'm pretty sure we've been late for big guests too. But the thing is, we're it's, we're, it's we're close though. It, this we're, is insane because I would la- rather rush than like wait. Yes. Okay. Like I like put shit in the way for me to be busy and doing things and moving. But versus like that, okay, that, like that I got feeling, that feeling sometimes when you're prepared and you're there like a minute early and you're like, all right, here we go. As opposed to that. But hang on, the but the relaxed waiting feels so much better than like doing ninety. Where you're only making up like a minute, but you might get pulled over, which might make you even like another half hour late. You know what I mean? Did you read my text messages that I or messages I sent to you? Oh, uh, like we for tonight? A, just early. Well, I, I I guess as you were showering, as you were posting on oh. Instagram. But uh, we got to get Gordon Ryan on the show. It's long overdue. Wow. And, yeah. and just do you watch his social media? I don't. He's leaving. He 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 was like, if Donald Trump loses this election, New Jersey are a fucking dump. I'm leaving. He lost the election. He posted like New Jersey, whatever the fuck he said, and he's out. He then he I don't know. He then posted a video and said how leaving, you know, showed his whole house packed up and whatnot. So then I no saw. No way. So then. Craig, house packed. House packed. Craig Jones, our homie Craig Jones, posted a video of the New York skyline and said, I'll only be here for two more weeks. So I wrote, where are you going? And he wrote, I mean, I should have just been like, come on tonight, but I hate 
you know, I try right. to spread it out. Anywhere I can't say just yet. Gordon wants to do a big announcement, but somewhere tropical. So, Craig, so apparently... I mean, if, you, if you think about it, someone like... Apparently, Craig, Cuomo and I don't know who's in charge right now in New Jersey, but the Blasio, they have driven out the Danaher Death Squad. The sanctions and all the bullshit and bureaucracy on... You know, the Northeast and all the bullshit with the coronavirus and the businesses and whatnot. Yeah, because I would imagine those guys have a couple bucks where they could put all their shit or sell it or whatever and then go, like, train in, like, Punta Con... Con you know? It probably... Punta Conta for... Am I saying that right? Punta Cana? Punta Cana. Sorry, yeah. damn. Hold on, hold on. I got to make sure we got power here. I had a brain fart. You know what I mean? A brain where fart. no one's going to bother them... They can charge people to come train with them, you know? Like. All right, here, just entertain the people for like 10 seconds. I just gotta make sure we're all powered up here. This guy. What did I do? Total, totally wild. Oh, me? But. So I was talking, guys, let's talk. This is a menace segue. Menace, man, you know, menace by himself. Fuck the man. But. So let's talk Glover Textera. This man, I've, you know, close to 40, if not 40, and I've been saying it for a while on the show, and I'm not, you know, not that I think he's a bad fighter. I think he's an awesome fighter. But when every fighter has a fight where they look old, like this fighter is now old, that's it. You know, he's, he's washed up. Glover is yet to show me that. Glover is, it's almost like he's improving. So this man went from someone that I thought, like, you know what? He's past his prime. He's over the hill to the number one contender. <sighs> Against, like, young stallions. And not just beating them and out-toughing them. Putting them away in the later rounds. And even, you know what he did with that? I like that little menace segment. Is, well, I was trying to. I was thinking about when I got out of the shower. I was like, dude, let me try and do a little segue. I love that. And I set you up for it. I was a softball. You hit it out of the park. But the Glover, he basically had those couple fights where, you, and you've said it many times, on the feet, it's like 50 50. You know, there's some times where you could be better. Well, they, at that weight class, everybody hits hard. Yeah. And Glover had a few. But he's been through some fucking he had meat grinders. He had a few of those fights where it was like, you maybe thought Glover was going to win. He wound up losing or he lost to some really good guys, but was losing on the feet. And then he's got this black belt. He's a really good wrestler. He was like, obviously something was slowing down for him on the feet. He was getting a little slower. So he was getting, he, he looks slower visibly when you watch him strike with a lot of the guys. So he started working him in this single leg game. And then he actually has a good, when you sprawl on him, he's got a good double leg. Like he can transition it into some chain wrestling. Glover's got a great grappling game. He started using it. Now he's on a four fight win streak. But that last fight, he almost died. Like Tiago Santos almost, like the first round, first 30 seconds, he was ping ponging his head back and forth. Yeah. Glover is tough. Because Glover's been fighting forever. You know what I mean? And we talked about, you know, a fighter only has so many rounds. And it, it, the, I would say Glover is part of a, a generation that is like I you know I mean I'm in that generation right with Glover like I retire like dudes are starting to be like all right 
I got a year left, Mac. You know what I mean? In that generation. And now they're going against these young bucks that are fresh and are looking to put in 10 years of, you know? Yes. What's good? Who dropped you? What? Your boy who dropped you is in the chat. Said what's up. Oh, who dropped you? What up, Zach? But Glover, Iron Chin. I think he's always, even like when Rumble Johnson, he connects you going to sleep. Yes. Caught him. And then when Gustafsson caught him, that was just upper, uppercut and no adjustment, uppercut. Okay, I'll throw another one, you know? And it was like, all right, all right, fifth round, fourth round, whatever it was, he was exhausted. But Glover's always been good on the feet. Iron Chin, now that he can grapple or uses his grappling a little bit more than he did in the past, I think, you know, that's what showed in that fight. His grappling's there. He's obviously training it. It's there. So even when he was rocked, his instincts were, let me fucking scramble. Or even when he was on his back, he did a good job of not taking too much Like, damage. you heard those hammer fists, like, like hitting, like flush, like. You said it. He, he, he was close. He was one or two. He was one clean shot from the referee being like, he's good. He was that, and he was keeping his composure just enough to. Tied up, single leg, gets on top, takes his back, chokes him out. Yeah. In the third. And he did like that rock from like half guard, like where you came up on the single leg, pushed him into the cage, like some, you know, some, some veteran, yeah. sh- some veteran shit there. For sure. And, and everything about it was veteran. And if Santos lacks anywhere, I, I'm sure we've seen it a little bit in the past. I haven't, can't remember seeing too many Santos fights other than the high profile ones, but, or his losses. His hole is obviously the ground. On the feet, Santos looked fucking amazing. Like the times when he was on the feet with Glover, he fucked Glover up. Yeah. But no ground. No that's man. the whole thing, man. In a fight, that like, that's why I liked competing in MMA more than wrestling was. Like in wrestling, if you're a better wrestler, you, you know, I mean, you're a better wrestler than me. I mean, there's either you're good at scoring points, like taking guy down. Or you're good on the bottom where you can pin them or, and, and get tilts. If, you know what I mean? But it's all the same thing, kind of, you know what I mean? But fighting, you could try to knock the guy out. You could try to submit the guy. Or you could just try and wrestle and grind the guy out, you know? Do you know who I didn't try to get on tonight? Because I want to save it for when you're not doing. What are you doing? No no beer November? Yeah. Ty. Tuivasa. Oh wow! Well, I, I would have. You said I, you I do mean, a shot or something. I need you owe the man a shoey. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, a shoey. If you go, I'll do a shot for you. He's probably gonna be like, "No, nah, you little cunt! You're gonna do a shot and a shoey." You know, he's he's probably gonna say some shit like that. Most likely, he's not. Just, when he comes on, he's not coming on to fuck around. We've already gone over this. He's not coming on to fuck around. That's why he didn't want to do it in quarantine. He thinks that we're ready to – he wants to party. Same way you want to, like, bury the hatchet and become friends, I think Ty's on yeah. the same tip. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'm trying to think of what shoe, right? Like, you've done a shoey, right? No, it has to be your work shoe or something. No, you've done a shoey. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. After you do the shoey, what's – is that shoe – is that pair of shoes now? Because you can't just wear one shoe. Is that – they're thrown out. Did you put them in the washer? Did you just wear them how they are? Put it in the washer. That's the move? Yeah. If they're real, you know, if they're not like fucking, and your shit's real. Like, you know, if you have like a fucking 
a shitty, you bought them on fucking the streets of Manhattan or something, pair of Nikes, they might fall apart in the washing machine. But if you have a legit pair of Nikes or whatever they are, you throw them in the washing machine, they're not going to fall apart. A lot of my shoes are like the mesh, you know, uh, like the, 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 the fly knit. That's kind of what my shoe, my shoe was done out of my Nike. Which I feel like as soon as you pour it in, it just like nah, you'd be surprised well no you had you had a what those are the roches you'd be surprised those had the nike roche i don't Roush? know they roche? they have some they're like the netting like that you can almost no did they they look, it looked like it had like some pound padding Nah, you could see through them i oh. i thought it was going to soup out the side so i was ready to just go quick yeah but but, huh. but t- i'm telling you watch you'll see ty's coming mm-hmm. to party but we are uh, a happy birthday to the Marines as well. I did post about that. So we'll oh, cheer- that's right. That's today, right? That is today. So I'll I'll cheer some pumpkin ale, yeah. some pumpkin ale to the Marines. Oh, I thought you were drinking uh, one of these. I was. I drank that. Ah. Uh. And then I moved on to a pumpkin ale. My next one will be the Tipsy Tea, which is absolutely one of my favorites from Great South Bay. Ugh. But well, we could also pour. I don't want to pour. I should have put something down. I want to pour a little bit out for your takedown record, but you could legitimately dispute those results. If this you was, you know, when you asked the question, you know, who I was going to have on, but didn't have on, I was originally going to say Darren Uckland's. <laughs> Get him on the show. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I thought. You, I thought you were going to say, I was going to have Darren Uckland's on, but I didn't because. I didn't even, I'm, I got political and I didn't even tag him in it. I didn't even tag him in his takedown. I was going to, like, congratulations, whatever. But that wouldn't be sincere. No. And they could be disputed. So they were Matt returns? A couple of takedowns, but, you know, I think he got seven to get to the record. He might have got eight. I I have to look it up. I don't want to be statistically inaccurate. If I knew a Matt return was a takedown, I I would make it so no one could beat it. I would... I would just take a dude and just Matt return him for a whole round. Yeah, he he got a couple. Like Dennis Bermuda's got twenty five takedowns in one round. Like, well, yeah. even that's the the Khabib versus Abel Trujillo fight. They're like, oh, Khabib took him down twenty one times. No, he Matt returned him twelve mm. times. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. It's a... And then someone did post or answered me with that. That yes. In, and you said the same thing in wrestling. No, in MMA, I guess so. But why? Because the MMA judge is uninformed or? Well, for MMA, I guess it's if it's when someone gets taken from their feet to a downed position. What if when you take me down, my butt hits the ground, I pop up and on the way up, I hit you with a little punch? That's what happened with me against Feely. That counts as a takedown. I know, but that's exactly what I'm saying. So you're telling me that you that should be scored. I think that that's that's a whole argument for the judges need to be more educated. It's a whole fight. It's damage. I, I just think it's ooh. It's, you know, he bruised his hip. Nah, the brain. I'm not counting the brain damage or the punch. I'm, he bruised his hip when he took him down. Right. His his his, you know, quad muscle, his calf. He got hurt, you know. What Glutus, the fuck? Yeah, his, glute, his glute's gonna be sore tomorrow from that takedown. Yeah, but uh, Elkins got out of a four with four fight skid. Four fight skid. He would have lost that one. He would have been done. But yeah, four fight skid for Elkins. So yeah, I'm always rooting for the guys that beat you, obviously. But 
didn't want him to get the takedown record. And then watching it, 30 seconds in, I'm like, fuck this guy. The guy he's fighting. No takedown defense. Like, takedown defense, like when you get on his hips, he goes, wow. Yeah. Hey, they're out there. He was able to wonder because I I couldn't imagine Derek Darren Elkins is rich because he lives in California, right? Like it's not cheap there. I thought he lived. I don't know if he lives there. I think he might just do camps. Mm, Okay, shoot that shot. I'll bet if you slim Darren Elkins DMs, he's gonna be like for sure. But like, what does someone like that do? I've asked this myself about a lot. Like, what does someone like that do after fighting? Yeah, we've talked about that. I mean, I think everybody like an easy answer is like. Star's own gym. If that's what you're passionate about, like you will use you obviously as the the comparison where you weren't interested in that, you know, where you could teach, you'd be interested in maybe teaching somebody. You know what? That, that's that's a little bit of a lie. The I'm I'm in definitely I like teaching. I, if I had my own thing, I would definitely groom it. But it was like the hustle, if you will, of it. Mm-hmm. The, you know, like hopefully we get some private lessons today. Hopefully we get some more students today. Hopefully everything, you know, I got like two kids. Like I needed reliability. I needed security, you know, because the whole fight career was that like, well, hopefully we win. Hopefully, you know. Yeah. And you even have seen firsthand with LaFlair and Depot. It's a lot of work. Yeah. To make a successful gym. Yeah. Capital work. And then obviously time there. You have to teach. You have to do all that yeah. type of shit. Yeah. I mean, I I thought about it and I was thinking about doing it while I was fighting. But just especially losing those fights, like that's the time I probably would have done it. Yeah, I know. We in that still- last two years. And I just didn't have the extra money off of a loss. I'm just getting by. Off of a loss, making 50 grand. Not that I'm spending all the 50 grand, but I have to pay taxes and da da Like that's like six seven months of living eight months well even now that i'm thinking about it you don't really do any privates anymore right um i remember you had your your handful of clients that were your regular yeah well i mean covid indefinitely beat the shit out of that yeah 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 i mean i had some people and it was i still you know i had a few people but but i'm looking to get maybe back into it a little bit that's the route for I think most like even I'll use Glover as an example Glover is 40 41 whatever he is he already has a gym and I know that's like his main gig if you will and he's still fighting so I'm sure for a guy like Darren Elkins that would probably either I don't think in California I think back in Indiana is where he's from I, I believe so yeah that would be the move yeah but you also need you just can't like yeah you there's a business aspect to that. So, yeah, you could be able to teach like a motherfucker, but if you can't manage money, you can't keep track of people, and you have no organization, you're going to fucking, like, um, I'm not saying whatever, but I watched Mark Munoz's gym kind of close because it was more of a pro-fighter gym. Like, they didn't, like, you got to, yes, fighters are awesome to have in your gym. They're good for marketability to but you got to market that correctly. Like your bread and butter is kids and women. But well, we've seen that. I'm sure you've seen that many times where a gym had the buddy program, if you will. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? You always have to kind of draw that line. Yeah. 
Yeah. But. So I, what I'm saying with that is, is yeah, you could be a sick. And also I've watched people that are really good wrestlers or really good fighters. They can't, it doesn't translate for them to teach it. They just are good at doing it. They don't, they can't tell you exactly why they do it or what, you know what I mean? Mm. Whereas I think I'm a better teacher than I am an actual like they wrestler. Could, they could teach fighter. it. At, they could teach it at the entry level though, I'm sure. For sure. Yeah, so but, there's, there's always that option. And we But talk- when you're that good and you're at that high of a level, it it almost hurts. I mean, at least me. What do you say? Here's the question. Would you say that you've seen more of your peers and friends be successful in teaching combat sports, wrestling, jujitsu, kickboxing, or unsuccessful? Like we have the failed gyms and things like that, or we have the success stories. I feel like I've seen more positives than... Now, granted, in those positives, there's also people that have had a couple of gyms, like that gym didn't work, that gym didn't work, and now they're at this gym, and this gym's good. Well, I think it all comes about it's all your connections and stuff like that too. You know what I mean? Like like Uriah Faber by himself is fucking a very, very smart guy and kind of know he gets it. He knows marketability, he knows, and then he on top of that connects with the right people. The yep, you do this, you do that, you do this. Ryan the Flair is very good with that. Yep, this is what we're gonna do. You do this, you do that, you do this. Um but I, I, again, like I've said, I've watched people, listen, I'm going to start my gym. I don't think you could do what I could do as good as me, so I'm going to do it. I don't think you could do as good as I can do, so I'm going to do it. And they start trying to micromanage, and they're at the gym all day. They don't have time to fucking. Well, that's it. it in the, when my, I rack my brain in the failed gyms that I have known about, the few that I do can come up with in my brain right now. They had a bunch of partners. When I look at the failed, failed gyms, failed gyms, uh, too, too ma- many hands in the too in the ma- piggyback, too many opinions. Okay, and it either diverted into something else, and now this person's from that gym onto this gym, blah blah blah, or they just got completely out of the game and whatever. And then I have the other people I know that were smaller. I'll use Ryan and Greg as the example where they were successful, but even you know, both of them were in different gyms before Long Island MMA. Right. You know, yeah. like that's just always I mean, the progression. Well, the thing is like, Ryan was like, I'm good at striking. I'm pretty good at wrestling. I got a grasp of jujitsu. Greg was like, I'm really good at jujitsu. Gi and no gi. Man, I feel I like. Got, I'm I, pretty good at wrestling. I feel and like they, Faber, Faber has kind of been, did Faber like, built, Faber built his own team. Oh my God. He's. 20 years ago. Yeah. And I don't Well, think- the thing is, is he was bringing in guys as training partners. Granted, the guy's a fucking idiot, but I saw Jeff Bezos. He's actually a genius, but he also just has like stupid beliefs and dumb shit he says. But the I, Amazon guy? Yeah. I saw him say something where most businesses have a 30-year shelf life. So my question is, what's the shelf life on MMA gyms or gyms? Because then we've seen that. There's only so, you know, there's lifelong martial. The thing is, is like, like, uh, like, someone like Greg and Ryan, if they, and I've seen them kind of do it over the years, is they start teaching people to be them. Them. Yes. 
So as they get older, they don't have to do as much. And also it becomes a little taxing on the body, you know, hold mitts and you know what I mean, so all while not trying to because it's tough when you when you teach someone a craft, they go like, Well, if I do it by myself, I can make more money than doing it for you. So well, see you later. You see that a lot in businesses, right? Big and so people try to give them only enough. It's weird. So here's where that gets weird too. Like in MMA, I feel like that's a little, hey, I'm going to go open up another MMA gym. Sick. We can work together. I'm going to go open up another jiu-jitsu gym. It is different. Yeah. Then it's like, I'm, you know, he's dead to me. Uh, well, right. with, with Greg and Ryan, I've noticed, oh, you want to open up a gym? We can give you a blueprint because this is running good in here. We can almost guarantee yours will too. Just make us a partner. Yeah. Awesome. I mean, they're like, like, uh, what's it? Uh, Tiger Shulman's with their franchise is like. Oh my God. Crushing it. Crushing it. But even I remember when I lived in Florida, that's what like, I remember seeing American Top Team's kids program. And I was like, holy shit. And I remember that was like one of Greg's things for a while. Like even um, when I was in California, Art of Jiu-Jitsu, their kids program. It's like a fucking army. And what that is, that's all just fucking money in the bank. Yes. Yeah. So there's a lot of money in that. But for where we started this conversation, Darren Elkins. But then it, it doesn't always go that way. Like I'm not. You know, we'll throw in shade, but we'll talk about Phil. I think Phil Baroni could open his own gym. He just hasn't yet. Or I don't know. We'd have to get him on and ask him. But he's been yeah, crazy. What are you doing? You, because you can't fight till you're 70. But you could fight until you die. You could fight until you're 54. You, till, you, know, you can fight until you're 54, apparently. Tyson Roy Jones is coming up. That is coming up. Is that not this weekend, but the following? I don't know. They might have pushed it. Is that like Thanksgiving like weekend? I I haven't seen enough on it that I feel like it's been pushed back again, but let me check. But even (laughs) who dropped it said, wasn't there a bet with Tyrone Spong involving body shots? Yes, there was who dropped you. And we'll get to that. We were trying to get to it maybe in two weeks. But Menace has little, would you call Jaybird Little Menace? No, I hate a Menace, dude. He's not Little Menace? I feel like he would be like a little clone of you, no? Or are you and so, Jay very different? Um, well, Jay, Jay is Menace's little brother. No, uh, yeah. My younger brother, Jay, uh, he... I, When's the last time you guys saw each other? Been a little bit, I think. Maybe last year. I'm not really sure. But... Uh, he gives more thought to things. Let's just say that. I'm not going to say he's smarter than me. He just gives more thought to things. You know what I mean? Whereas I'm like, what? Yep. He's like, whoa, well, hang on. Because this and this and this, but this and this. When You, you got to, for to be a menace, you'd be like, what? That's yep. one, that's, or, one, that's one of those disclaimers where you're like, I'm not going to say he's smarter than me. When you're listening to the person say it, you go, okay, so this guy might be smarter than him. All right. 
Uh, yeah, but I'm I'm more like so if I'm giving Jay like this the smartness of a more smarter like um, let's say he's a level six smart and I'm a five in terms of wild like I'm an eight I'm up there I'm you know and he's like a fucking four okay but the littlest Bermudas brother the youngest the biggest. The biggest Bermuda's brother. He is the tallest. But yeah. the is he the heaviest too? I don't think so. I think I passed him. Yeah, I definitely passed him. Right now you got him passed. Yeah, yeah. But try and bring it back down. Menace's brother's in the Coast Guard. He's coming home the weekend that I was possibly trying to get Menace down to Florida to go get beat up by Tyron Spong. But I'm not gonna go Yeah, I'm not gonna do it without you. I'm not gonna go die without the menace. Yeah. So we'll figure that out. It might be December. It might be the beginning of the year, depending on what happens with this new president that we might be having coming into office. Potential, right? He's not really the president-elect. Shit's going to get crazy. And here's where things are going to go even crazier is what happens if the courts are in favor of Donald Trump and shit gets overturned. Donald, move your things back in. Like, yeah, Donald, I see that you planned moving trucks on these days. You can cancel those. And <laughs> this party was a going away party. We're going to tr- change this to a we're still here party. <laughs> you know? And Joe Biden is like, we're going to cut the cops to come in or someone to come in and take Trump out. He's already planning. He's already talking to other countries, already planning what he's going to do when he gets in office. He already released a list of executive orders he's going to do once he gets in office. Oh, really? Yep. Wow. And it's a lot of it is repeal, a lot of things that Trump has done and put in some things in effect of what he wants. I'm to do. not getting a straight answer, but in all honesty, how much longer till we have a real president? Who's not giving you a straight answer? Like everybody, what do you mean? That's everybody. That's like, hey man, like, when are we gonna have like a real president? Like, when's it like? Yep, this is our president now. Like a week, a month. That's the answer right now. An hour ago, I don't know. The answer right now is what can you compare it to? Like, I don't even know. The Gore, the Gore. When Gore was president, no, no? I, I was trying to relate it to like personal life. You know, like there's just no answer. Like, right now, it's all dependent on the courts. So they could go to the court in Pennsylvania with the challenge that they have, and the judge could be like, all right, I'm going to throw out a hundred X amount of votes, 100,000 votes or whatever. Or they can go, you know what? I'm going to kick this up the road, and I'm going to send this to the Supreme Court. Like, there's a bunch of different scenarios right now that could play out. Right now, though, all the scenarios that could play out actually do look like it's like it's 50-50. I was going to say they look good for Trump, but they look 50-50. So the media is playing it like it's so crazy that that's the world we live in. Like I was, this podcast could almost turn into a conspiracy podcast at this point. And we're not. Wait, 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 wait. And we're not talking about conspiracies. We're talking about the shit that's actually going on. But that's conspiracy to the mainstream media right now. That's what's insane about the way the world is right now. So here's the thing. There's not like the news is saying there's not evidence of widespread voter fraud. There doesn't need to be evidence of widespread voter fraud. Elections like even 
Biden won by whatever in the popular vote. That doesn't fucking matter. It comes down to the Electoral College supposed to. There's only certain counties that it could swing in the favor of another president. Like there's a county. There is one county. One, two counties. Georgia? There, um, county in each state. There's one or two. You know, in Georgia or what? No, no, no. There's one or two oh. counties in each one of the states that are being disputed that could change the election. Counties, not the whole state, counties. Got it. You know what I mean? Yeah. A couple hundred thousand people. Like, so it's crazy. I don't know what's going to happen right now. It's 50-50. It all depends on what happens in the courts. Like Trump could go into the court and the judge could be like, I'm a liberal. I don't I don't approve, you know, blah, blah, blah. We don't know what's going to happen, but Dan Falmont's here. What's up? What up, Dan? So Dan Valmont, uh, runner-up, All-American for Penn State, fanatic wrestling. What 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 are you in that? Are you are you just a, a teacher? Is that your company? Is that a partnership? I'm getting that question a lot lately. Um, so I don't know if you've ever heard of the site uh, BJJ Fanatics. Of course. Yes. So um, those guys. Started out seven years ago with a company called BJJ Fanatics. It took off. It's been doing really well. And about a year and a half ago, they decided to move over into the wrestling world. And uh, I filmed a couple of videos with them early on, and my videos were doing well. And I just kind of randomly out of the blue one day was like, hey, you guys need any help? Like, I know I have a lot of connections in the wrestling world. They're all jujitsu guys. So they didn't quite have all the connections. And just kind of started out just helping out a little bit and kind of worked my way up and now yeah i create i mean i am an instructor for sure but i also do a lot of logistical work for the company now which is it's been a lot of fun it's really cool to see you're it getting, hey you're getting bread i'm not not getting paid all right i'll take it but backing up a little bit uh dan valmont you went to college the same time as me you would you graduated in 05 from high school right yep oh five uh then you went on to wrestle for penn state who was your first head coach at Penn State? Troy Sunderland. And then uh, Kale took over in your sophomore year? No, he wasn't there till my senior year. Uh, 2009, oh, okay. 2010 was his first year. Okay. Um, yes. So wait, Dan, it is pronounced Dan Valmont, right? Yeah, Valmont. Valmont, some people miss the I a little bit with it, but... Well, that works. Well, that's what I was going to say. That I could change things up a little bit. Yeah. Well, I like when I like to. I like to put a little score on every once in a while, like Dan Valimont. <laughs> that's what I was going to say. It could be. It's actually pronounced Valimont. Thank you. You know, it could have been one of those. But it is. It is a French name, so I guess it probably is Valimont. What are you French and German, right? French, German, Irish. Yeah. So now, where are you living? You are. Oh wait, is. Um, Mark Hall's upstairs from you, right? No, not yet. No, no, no. he is. He's uh, building over. He's not there yet, but he is moving one building over from me. Him and McFadden living together. But we're in West Philly. All right. So currently in West Philly at the RTC, right? Correct. Yeah, the PRTC. All right, Pennsylvania, and what Pennsylvania Regional Training Center? Yeah, Pennsylvania Regional Training Center. So now is that just wrestling, or are those like all sports? No, it's just wrestling. Just kind of like Penn State has the Nittany Lion Wrestling Club. Uh, it's just a, re- a, a wrestling club. Yeah. All right. And now is that like the re- – so most wrestling clubs at that level, you guys are like a feeder league for the international wrestling scene. 
somewhat. I mean, we kind of are the international wrestling scene. Uh, it's just in years past, it used to be that everybody that wanted to train to try to make an Olympic team had to go to Colorado Springs um, and had to maybe move there even to spend time to just to be able to train with all these high-level guys because the NCAA's restrictions on having guys that are graduated being in the room um, training. But the RTCs now have provided like a loophole where they can pay guys like myself who I'm not an alumni of the University of Pennsylvania or Drexel, but it allows for us to be able to train with the college guys and then train with each other and be able to get paid for it. So it creates a really cool opportunity for guys to get paid and still compete. And uh, it's really good for recruiting for these different universities as well. Yeah, so something that Menace had asked Mark Hall, and Mark didn't have the answer, especially with the COVID, we don't know. When's the next time that you might be competing? Uh, for me, I'm not sure. For Mark, I know they have. I don't think he's competing this weekend. He's, he said he's trying to. He, he said, like, maybe around the new year. Okay, so because yeah. no, they have the U- U23 Nationals this coming weekend out in Omaha. I mean, I'm going on 34, so. I can't wrestle with them anymore. But we I know we have a bunch of guys. Be 23 going. to wrestle on that? What was that? You have to be 23 to wrestle on that? 23 or under. Yeah. But because they have a U23 world championship as well, typically. Zaid's not wrestling that, right? He's got he's got Burroughs this weekend, right? Yeah, so he's not wrestling at that. But I know like McFadden's going out for us and a couple other guys are going. So Valmont, you're a wrestling fanatic. I could tell by your shirt. Um, Gotta plug the brand. Who is this guy that Burroughs is going up against? Menace was trying to. T- I'm a casual wrestling fan. I'm not as hardcore, I guess, like I would say you guys, where I know all the guys, but I know Burroughs. Menace is giving this guy a little bit of a chance this weekend, or said said he's good. Saying Valencia- well, I mean, so so real quick, I saw a little stat. So Valencia went three to four against Dake. Dake then didn't get scored on that whole tournament. For a world title, right? Yeah. So I mean, this Valencia is fucking—he's good, man. He beat Valencia, Mark Hall. Valencia, he, I mean, like, I think the biggest thing is—I mean, one—I never want to count Jordan Burrows out. Um, we're like the same age too, same age as Dennis and I. Uh, but he's proven people wrong over and over again. Nobody's really shown that they can, like beat him domestically at least like these guys aren't beating him domestically and until that happens i i really i still believe that he's capable of winning now the problem that this is that he brings is that very long he's a lot, he's a lot bigger he's just a lot bigger than him. um and he's a lot, he's, a lot younger. Is, he's not is burrows jumping up a weight class for this they're meeting somewhere in the middle i, I want to say the rest on 185 don't quote me on that but i think they're meeting in the middle um because the last time bros jumped up was the was the wrestle Askren. Yeah, and I mean that was kind of Askren wasn't training, and then you throw in all this COVID stuff too. Like I don't know, I believe Arizona State's been training, Jordan's been. I'm sure they're training, but everybody's like, just what you have available to you right now is just a lot different. Like you normally, everybody would kind of be on the same level playing field at least as far as what's available to you. But I know a lot of people are going through a bunch of different kind of jumping through hoops here. Like I know for us, we have to practice in Jersey right now. We have to get tested for COVID twice a week. Hang on. Um, Who's repressing in Jersey? Yeah, we're not allowed. Because, because Pennsylvania has laws that are like, nope, not here. Well, if we could find a gym that was convenient, we could rent out space instead. We're not allowed in the in the wrestling on room. campus. 
I guess, I mean, we could technically be on campus. We're not supposed to be, but I'm saying like, you can't get in the wrestling room. You can't get in the locker room at Drexel or Penn. We're not allowed to use the facilities. They've said we can't use them at least at Penn through um, the rest of this year, through 2020. Drexel is still up in the air. They're trying to figure things out. There's really no details. Everybody's just still kind of trying to figure it out, but we've been driving. I mean, for me, it's a 45 minute drive each way. You got to pay tolls over the bridge. It's not the most convenient, you know, but, um, it is an opportunity for us to train and it's, I mean, thankfully we are because I've heard other guys that don't even have the chance to go anywhere right now. So, well, I mean, since COVID started, that's what me and Stan have been, you know, every fighter we have on, like, so how's training going? What are you doing? What do you, you know what I mean? We've heard people just training and doing what they want and getting arrested and, or getting the cops called on them and yeah, you know, and even getting shut down to, you know, nothing. We just, Pre-COVID, we, we did, are we, keeping six feet apart. And, and even pre-COVID, we did this podcast together, and now we do it virtually. Yeah, the world's changing. Especially that's yeah. what's so crazy for like wrestlers. I know, like for you too. I'm sure you're getting up there. Not saying you're old yet, but you only you only have so many years left where you're going to be in your prime, able to do this. Like we had Mark Hall on, lost the year of eligibility, or not the eligibility, lost the national tournament. We had. Yeah. Piccinini, who lost the national tournament, like a lot of guys, lost that national title opportunity. A lot of fighters are losing a year of fighting. Like for some guys, it's tough right now. Yeah, no, it's, I mean for everyone, it's tough. I'm saying for sure. For some sure. some people got those weird circumstances where it's like, all right, I have one year left of fighting. COVID hits. All right, I'm retired. Yeah. You know. And that's kind of where I was at. I mean, if, if things would have gone as planned and we would have had the 2020 Olympic cycle, um, whether or not I made the team or not, I already decided, like, all right, this is a good time to call it quits. And uh, But, I mean, I felt healthy. Uh, I feel that I can go another year here. And if I feel healthy enough to do it, I'm able to do it, I'm going to give it a shot. But it's definitely – it doesn't get any easier. You get all these young studs coming up, like a Zahid Valencia, like a Jason Nolf, these guys that are Mark Hall, guys that are now out of college – that are able to compete at the world level and contend for Olympic spots. So it just throws a lot more really tough guys into the mix, which is great. It's great for USA wrestling. It makes it a little harder for older guy like myself, but it makes really good for the, for the future of USA wrestling as a whole. Oh yeah. Even like I was just talking about the collegiate guys a little bit, but someone like you, you lost a potential Olympic spot. You know, a potential run in the Olympics. That's my question. So the 2020 Olympics is canned. They're going to postpone it to 2021? Yeah, it's supposed to be as of now. We'll see what happens. But it's supposed to be basically the same dates next August. But USA Wrestling and, I mean, I guess UWW, there really hasn't been any answers as to if we're sure what – what kind of tournaments are we going to be able to go to in the spring? I mean, you asked earlier what my next competition is. I mean, there's a tournament in Nice, France, and there's a tournament in Cuba. I don't know if we're going to be able to go to them. I would like to go, but what's the travel restrictions going to look like and all that kind of stuff. So um, kind of just in limbo right now with all that. Yeah. It's bullshit, Dan, right? Yeah. You could say it. Dan, you want to talk about when we were 25? Sure. I used to live, right? Was that we were twenty five when we lived together, right? Well, that so Dan, you now finally making your Menace in the Man show appearance. You've been talked about many times. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, I've been asking to get on here, but uh, 
I mean, it hasn't really been relevant, I guess. Nah, Dennis is, Dennis is a piece of shit. So here we go. Dan, you could talk about times that Dennis was a piece of shit. Oh, Your former oh. roommate, you've definitely seen some things. Yeah. Oh, wow. All right, so here we go. Like, Dennis Bermudez, first thing comes to mind. Go. Uh, it's not that. It's not that he's a piece of crap or anything, but... Uh, no, no, I'm joking. I'm joking. No, we, we like to... I mean... Making uh, fun of each other is, is funny. I mean, I would say, yeah, I mean, yeah, we bust each other's balls. Uh, I would say the one thing that Dennis ever did that pissed me off was. I think, you're I, think I know what it is. No, because it's not even that. It's the first one I can think of. Ah, actually, I got another story, too, that's pretty good. But <laughs> Wait, he, no, he's, ba- he's, ba- Dennis, he, he's about he to be like, Dennis. something I never told you about, but I always wanted to. <laughs> No, it's not even that bad. <laughs> but just off the top of my head, me and Dennis used to play Call of Duty all the time. Okay. And every now and then we would do power hour during Call of Duty. Ugh. And we have a bathroom in our, our apartment that Dennis and I lived in that was about 10 feet away. And Dennis refused to go use the bathroom and instead would piss off the second story of our balcony down into the courtyard just to be a jerk. But I'm like, dude, we're going to get evicted from here because our landlord wasn't the, like the best. And there was like no reason at all about that. He actually, he would walk further to go outside and just pee off the balcony down on like the people's front porches below us. I forgot about that. But and I was like, why don't you just go to the bathroom? Dude? Nah. But <laughs> so, it really wasn't that bad. You know what it was? That was damn, that was that, that meant we were like past the half hour of power, hour, which means I had like three or four beers down on top of pregame before that whose name i totally forgot about that whose name was on the apartment mine that yeah so (laughs) everything everything the menace did you were probably uh, like oh here we go yeah well another i got actually a quick one here too uh i had this pet uh ball python do you still have snake yeah man all right, get him out here dude uh he hasn't ate in a while i don't take him out like that anymore okay but uh so I had this snake and I had, I was coaching at Hofstra and we had to travel a bit and like, we'd be gone from, I don't know, like Thursday to a Sunday. Sometimes I don't know longer, but like I, he had to get fed the one, no, no, he didn't need fed. I said, Dennis, Dennis just loved taking this snake out and he would, Dennis would stand in the bathtub and he would put the snake on the bathroom floor and he would have like these gladiator games. He'd let like a rat go on our bathroom floor and he blocked the bathroom door with a, with a towel so the mouse couldn't get out, like, into the... No, I just shut the door. <laughs> but uh, but then he would just, like, leave him in there and sit in the tub and drink until, like, the snake finally got his rat. And I got one time, I was like, let's see how many snake... Because I think the most amount of, like, small mice that Stan ever gave the the, mouth, the snake was, like, two. And I was I like... Thought he- you gave him three. I know. I was like, dude, I think he ate more than that. Because so you, well, three... you called me, you FaceTimed me with like Gregor. No, you were there for that one. You were there for the three, the four. Uh, well, the one that like uh, did piss me off was, I don't yeah. remember where I was. And I said, don't go get the biggest rat at the pet store. One, I think it could kill my snake. <laughs> two, I don't need this thing growing to be gigantic. And then you FaceTimed me with you. I, I forget. It might've been Gregor with you that time too. And you guys were both in the bathtub with this giant rat. Just running around the, the biggest rat you could get at the pet store. I yeah. knew Snake could do it. Hang on. How big was Snake at the time? How big? Yeah. Like, 
Oh, he was like six foot. No, you, no, it was a while ago. I've you, had him since two thousand seven. So you have a snake. How big is he now? Wait, wait. You have a snake named Snake. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's yeah. a great name. It's the best name you yeah. can name a snake. Oh my god, I love that. Yeah. Well, because if I name him Dennis, there'd be confusion sometimes. You know. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't have any friends named Snake. So. <laughs> Bro, you're in great company. You know Ashley Evan. Um, Ash uh, Jessica Rose Clark. Her name is her dog is named Dog. That's creative. Yeah. Yeah. And now, the- no, one of our other dogs is named Blue, though. Yeah. Blue is and do- blue? blue and Dog. Yes. My I- uncle my uncle had a dog and the dog's name was DOG. <laughs> DOG. Yes. So I heard you talk about Gregor. So what is your relationship with Gregor? Just wrestling or you've hung out with Gregor? They first? actually used to coach together. Yeah. I mean we competed Throughout college, Gregor beat me a bunch of times. I beat him one time. <laughs> but the year he won it, he beat me. He beat me a lot. He was really good. But yeah. uh, but no, we did end up coaching together at Hofstra University for a few years. And then he kind of decided to get into fighting. Like, And then I still stayed in touch with him because he was training with Dennis. So we still cross paths a lot. So think, speaking of beating people, Dan beat me. Stan. I, I was going to get to that. I have plenty of oh. questions about that. Like, if uh, So you guys live together. We'll even go there. We'll guess we'll cut off on the Gregor conversation. We'll come back to it. But So when you guys live together, were there ever wrestling in the confines of the apartment? No, the thing is because I would – he would have wrestling practice. I had fighting, and sometimes I would go to his wrestling practice. So, like, by the time we got home, we were pretty smoked. Some, yeah, all right. You know what I mean? Like, it's all – out of you and then like on the weekends we're we're both not like aggressive like i'm better than you kind of people so like when we would get drunk it wouldn't be like yes yeah yeah dan it would never that never happened it was just like well yeah, it would be yeah. Like, but you can't drink this faster than me like there was no colby right? <laughs> there was no colby masvidal roommate style shit going on or there was no like all right we'll settle this right now first one to get a takedown no. Well, so also in addition to uh, uh, also and in addition to, I lived with him for six months because I had a kid. Because you knocked some chick up. Yeah. So you got you guys lived together. The day he moved in too. <laughs> I get all my things in. Like Dennis, I'm pregnant. I'm like, what? Come on! All right. Um, we'll we'll figure that out. I'm just gonna ride this Long Beach thing out for a couple more months, and then I'll. Well, take- I mean, the kid wasn't. I mean, I had time to like figure out housing, but yeah. <laughs> oh, but the cause... whole thing was is like Dan was single, I was single. I'm like, dude, I'm gonna move down there. I'm gonna clean up. Well, where'd you grow up, Dan? Uh, North Jersey. Okay, so Jersey, you're East Coast. They lump us all in all the time. Every time we've had so many people on Menace and the Man, we we're talking to Frankie Edgar about it. People always be like, so where are you guys, Jersey? After like 20 minutes of talking to them. So we'll just be like, what the fuck? They think we're from Jersey, Menace. <laughs> Everything's East Coast. But so yeah. how'd you wind up in Long Beach? Uh, yeah, it was right after I uh, graduated from Penn State. I was going to stay there and get my master's degree and uh, train out of Penn State in the meantime. And I just got a call. Uh, it's like my first job interview call with Hofstra. I really, I didn't know what I expected, if I would get it or not. I just kind of wanted to go through the interview process and went and did it. I actually really enjoyed the coaching staff. And I was like, 
all right, well, if I get the job, I guess this is what I'm going to do. Right. So, because, uh, like 2012 or summer 2011, maybe. And with, how, with NCAA, I, wouldn't you say like, it's kind of like, yeah, you could, you can throw out a bunch of interviews if they're open and you can pick which one you want, but like, there's not a whole bunch of shoes from you got to kind of, you yeah. can't be like Hofstra. I don't know. I'm going to, I'm waiting to hear from Ohio. Yeah. And Hofstra was actually coming off a couple of pretty good years. And on top, I mean, you got to get your foot in the door because there's not yes. that many jobs. Right. And once you're in that like coaching world, you can kind of move around and improve yourself. But I mean, every year there's high level guys graduating that want coaching jobs. So it's important yeah. to get your foot in the door there. If you, if you do want to be coaching. Which brings me to my next question. You have your degree in engineering. Yeah, architectural engineering. Um, you also have your foot in the door with being a coach. After you hang up the shoes from wrestling, what's the move for Dan Valmont? Uh, I mean, I have an engineering job lined up if I want it, um, which is really cool. It's through one of the people that actually helps fund our the Pennsylvania Regional Training Center. I live in one of their so buildings. sick. And so they've told me, I went and shadowed for them a little bit, and they just said, well, whenever your career is over, just let us know and we'll plug you in. And that's in Pennsylvania? It's right in Philadelphia. So so you're was, you're going to be in Philly for until you're – Well, now that this whole fanatic wrestling thing has taken off, honestly, this is the route, if it pans out, that I'm leaning towards. So really? I'm, looking, I'm looking more into that and – using my engineering and project management skills to kind of help with the logistical side of this company. So I get to deal with athletes on a daily basis. It's, I love engineering. I love construction. I don't love the idea of doing the same thing. It's not the same thing, but waking up at the same time every day, waking up at 5 a.m., working until 5 p.m. I love the idea. You want to be the man. You don't want to work for the man. I mean, obviously, who doesn't want that? But Right. Um, well, I mean, no, I mean – I'm doing it. Sometimes I wake up. I'm like, what the fuck am I doing? Like, I think if I really wanted to, I could fucking figure it out by myself. You yeah. know what I mean? But like I was talking to Stan, there's a ton of stress that comes with that. Like, yeah, let's, what am I going to do today? Make money, you know, yeah, for sure. Versus like now I just got to just wake up and show up and you're going to make money. Yeah. yeah. True. But I mean, I mean that coaching is an option too, which I haven't I haven't ruled it out and seeing what makes itself available. And that's yeah. what we were just talking about before you jumped on, and it relates to wrestlers, jujitsu practitioners, and MMA fighters. What do you do when you're done competing and making money competing, and how can you earn a living? And for most guys, it's coaching, but for some guys, it's not. Yep, and that's. It's unfortunate for some people that just don't really have a plan like that. And that's, I think, what a lot of these regional training centers have started to do. At least I know the, the Pennsylvania Regional Training Center does a great job with, like, this engineering job that I'm linked up with if I want it. They hooked it up. They're a sponsor. And over the past four years, I've been getting introductions to these people in this company and getting to know them. And so they're not just hiring me on a whim. Like, they, they know about me. They know I've given back to these college programs. So they want to help me. And that's the same thing they're doing with a lot of the other, all the other guys. They're trying to kind of get them into some sort of mentorship program under in a field that is desirable to them. So I don't know if every RTC is doing that. I, I think that is something that's pretty cool about what's going on here. Um, is it going to work 
hundred percent of the time. I don't think so, but I think it's cool that you do have that option like, where you can train and compete and you don't have to be worried like, Oh crap, once I'm done, how the heck do I get a job? Um, yeah. that is scary. That's for, for a while. I, that was, I was kind of like, Oh, well, do I want to coach? Do I want to get into engineering? I can only stay out of engineering for so long. Like I'm going to be the guy in 2021 who has a degree. I graduated in 2010. You don't think the technology and stuff's changed like the people that are graduating from my field and I have right. zero experience. Like how am I going to get this job unless the person knows me? Right. Um, so, and I think networking has always been big in wrestling and probably in other martial arts too. I can't say from experience. Networking is amazing across the board in anything really. Sure. I agree. But I, I, I felt like I've seen it a lot just because of the tight knit uh, well, I would say not even necessarily wrestling. I would say in one-on-one competition sports where you actually, it's not just your teammates. You actually get to know a lot more about um, your competitors, different coaching staffs. You're training with other guys. Like you kind of, you're not just interacting with your team where you might do that more so like if you're playing baseball or football where you're not really branching out and getting involved with other teams and coaches and stuff. So in wrestling, you can really spread your name out just by training, going to different training camps and stuff like that. Yeah, that's the one thing that's definitely different from MMA. Well, not not necessarily MMA, but in definitely jujitsu. Like, this is your school. This is your – you don't leave this – you don't go and train with other people unless, like, you're on vacation. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, which when I started seeing that, I'm like, what? It's a little bit – it's – it's, not as bad in MMA, and it's a little bit in MMA, but not really. Wrestling, it doesn't exist. Jiu-jitsu, it's so fucking gross. Like, it's like, what the fuck? It's almost like real-life po- like politics come into play in jiu-jitsu like they do in America. Wild. Like, almost ruins the whole aspect of getting better and going to other gyms and learning a different program and, oh, this guy wins, I'm going to do what this guy does. No, 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 we don't do that here, you know? <laughs> You got to be open-minded. But, Dan, so you were at Hofstra, something Menace used to do before all of his fights or a good amount of his fights, at least we'll say the ones that he won, is he would pop into the Hofstra wrestling room. I always went, you pussy. All right. I'm just saying. I was trying to give them the little the disclaimer. So the ones that every fight, he would pop into the Hofstra wrestling room. How many times? Or how about this? When he would come in, would you coach Menace or would you coach the people to fuck Menace up? Your wrestlers – to fuck Menace up. It depends on what situation was. If if Dennis was just coming in to get a wrestling workout in and we're in the middle of our season and we have a guy that needs to get ready for a big match, I, I got to be on his side. But if Dennis is coming in in a training camp and he's wrestling with one of our freshmen, obviously I'm going to be on his side. And then if I'm going with him, I'm just going to beat him up every time. Because that's got to be funny. That's got to be funny, though, where if like Dan's running the wrestling practice and you come in and he starts coaching against you, like he's tired, he's done, like fuck him up. And then you guys are against in the me. I'm just saying, or he's screaming shit for the other guy. And then you guys no, are in the apartment. You guys are in the apartment. Wait, wait. Here's what happened. And then you guys are in the apartment like an hour later, and you're just sitting there like making your fucking protein shake, and he's just like, "Here's here's what would happen." So depending on the caliber of guy, like if it wasn't somebody in the starting lineup, um. It would be like Dennis, get another one. Dennis, get like he would be pushing me almost like cardio, like, like get on this guy, stay on him, like crush him. But for the starting guy, which 
when Dan was there, that was a lot of the time. That's how it was. Is I was usually winning. There was a couple guys, you know, if I went up with some weight, that would be, but it was Dan telling those guys, yo, do this. Don't let that. I'd be listening to Dan like, nah, nigga. (laughs) (laughs) I could hear what Dan saying. I didn't let you do that, dog. Yeah. I mean, most of the time, if you were in there, I was wrestling too, though. I wasn't really. Yes. Yes. Yeah. The days Dennis came in, I usually wrestled. I wrestled most of the days too. It was when Dennis and I lived together that Dennis made me start training again. Cause I had taken like, Oh, that's right. Dan was, like, Dan was fully. I forgot about it. Dan was fully like, I'm just a coach now. And I remember I was living with him. I was like, no dude, fuck that dude. I see you in there fucking up these guys. Cause at the time you guys had a couple all Americans. Yeah. And Dan was making them look like they can't wrestle. I'm like, dude, Dan, like you're sick, dude. You're still so good. You do it every day. Like, Take a fucking run at it, dude. Like, you're getting paid anyways, you know? Like, and he was like, yeah, you're right. I'm like, you're same age as me. Let's fucking, let's just train together. Because in my head, it was going to be like, I was going to be living there for a very long time. And me and you were going to be like Rocky and Apollo, you know? (laughs) (laughs) And, uh, no. But, yeah, well, I mean, I wouldn't, maybe I wouldn't be sitting right here right now if you didn't make me wrestle. Make you, I just was like. I mean, there wasn't. You didn't make me. You convinced me to because I was like, my roommate's fighting in the UFC. I'm like, what the heck am I doing here? So, and he's right, exactly how he said it. That's like, he was like, well, if we're going to live together, we should both be freaking training. Right. You push me, I push you. There's going to be days I don't want to go for a run. You make me run, vice versa. Menace says it all the time. You look like shit. Start working out. You reflect on me. He says that type of shit to me all the time. (laughs) Yeah, but I'm not. It's a real motivator. But yeah, we're going to, Menace needs to be a motivator. We've talked about this before. Like not being, not joking. He could be a real motivational speaker. I know. I got, I got good stuff, but it's like, you know, what's weird. I can't give out general motivation. I need someone to be like, yo, this is my problem. How do I do it? And then I can be like, okay. And not even being a dick, like, okay. Give me A, B, and so when this happens, what well, do you do? And I can start giving them. Granted, and they were amateur MMA fighters and you were a pro, but I remember one time fights in New York where a couple of guys from Long Island MMA said, I spoke to Menace before the fight and I was fucking up anybody tonight. Like Not Menace. That they spoke to me. I grabbed them. I pulled them aside. Like, yeah. Well, that's what I'm saying. Speak. You grabbed them. I and was you- just on. Yeah. And you gave them like some fucking wisdom or just some, you could do this, blah, blah, blah. I bought like the fights were in Queens. I bought like two energy drinks on Long Island. I drove out with my jiu-jitsu coach, drank them both, and I was like, "Yeah, yeah, we're tonight it's going down." <laughs> and I started grabbing everybody before the fights. Like, listen, this is what you're gonna do: A, B, and C. How do you feel? You feel you're nervous? You're not. You're lying to me. You should feel nervous. This is a big opportunity. That's just that's that's you telling your body's ready to go. And I was I was I was I was doing good. Speaking of which, Dan, do you have a a mental coach? Uh, I did for a while until COVID. Uh, oh. We actually had access to uh, this this woman at uh, UPenn. She was so Olympic. sick, right? Yeah, no, it was amazing. You like, like it's like unlocking horsepower in a stock vehicle, kind. Of, you know what I mean? Or like a, actually for us race cars, you know. Dan, would you let Menace be your mental coach? I couldn't. We. I mean, I would 
1,000%, if you want to talk to me, I would, whatever. It, that's what I was going to say. Is there that? Yeah, we're going with that, too. Yeah, like, it's too emotionally driven, driven probably, right? Like, too close. Well, no, I'm saying it's it's me and you are, are too close where you can be like, Dennis, fuck off. It's and too, there it, be, yeah. There could, lo- there could lose a connection. Like a, or I could just tell you what you want to hear, maybe even, too, like, just because right. I. Yeah, almost like you tell your parents, like, yep. Love you, love like not that you don't love them, but just whatever. Yep, yeah. I know what you're saying. But uh, what about even Dennis being like a hype man before you compete? I oh, so when Dan did start competing, I like I was so busy with my own fighting, but like I wanted to go and corner him a few times. It just never worked out, bro. Because the positive affirmation in fighting, wrestling, jujitsu, that shit goes far. the The highest example you can use is Mike Tyson. And Mike Tyson will say, that's what made me so good was my coach or my mental coach, because Customato was like his mental coach, telling him how good he looked. Right, right. I mean, I, I remember, you know, especially towards the end of my career, I stopped taking people that I thought should be in my corner and started grabbing people that just like when I look at them, like, yeah, I'm going to fuck this guy up. Like, all right. You know, like Algeri was in my last fight. Like he's one of those guys. Like Dennis, this is what you need to do. Dude, I'm like, okay. Key Trimble was up there without me even knowing it. Well, uh, that's what I'm saying. Part of my thought process in that is that I know Menace knows what he's talking about, and then Dan, like I said, you're always talked about. Menace always sings your praises. Yeah, oh. I mean, well, I mean, I, I was one of his biggest fans throughout his entire MMA career. I mean, I. I don't remember if I did this for sure, but I'm almost positive I texted him leading up to every fight, either the night before. Oh, yeah. Uh, yes, and not even that, like, personal, professionally. Like, he he, he praises your wrestling ability. Yeah. Thankful for that. But. Yes. And, and obviously your personal, too. But your wrestling ability always talks about how good Dan Valmont is and the potential that's there. So sometimes you need that positive affirmation. So not saying he will be your mental coach, but if you ever need a little positive affirmation... Menace might be the guy. No, and you definitely do need that. Send out a little, need, little message. You do need people uh, reaching out to you like that. And, then you've, and he's been that for me in the past, too. So, for sure. So, I, don't, I haven't seen I heard it on the show because I, maybe I need to watch more often. But um, Wait, Dan, is this your first? Is this your first, is this your first episode tuning in? It is not. Cause when I <laughs> thought I was going to be on last, I mean, hang on. I thought I was going to be on last year, and so I watched a few because I was nervous. Uh, I was like, I don't really understand what what's going on here. We don't even. Like, right I'm saying, speaking, like, right I'm like, dude, we just get on here and just rip. We just shoot the shit. We don't even. Like this time last year. We don't even know what's going on here. Yeah, it's different. <laughs> Yo, I tell them like we're gonna talk about Burroughs and versus Valencia, and then who knows? In five minutes, we may be talking about aliens. Like I don't, I don't know where this will go. And we didn't even talk about Burroughs and Valencia, really. We 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 touched, touched on, on it. it. Well, Burroughs is it's a different weight class. Is Burroughs LeBron James? Do you bet against them? You know what I mean? Like, are you not gonna go all oh, betting against Burroughs? Like, how often are you gonna do that? Is Burroughs old? What is Burroughs? Thirty four now. 33. He's, he's a year younger than me. He graduated 06 in high school. He's a year right. younger than us. And now, you know, the brain. He's the reason why Gregor Gillespie, like, retired. You know what? Wrestling. See ya. So obviously, I'm a casual. That's how, when Gregor first came to Lima, yeah, I was very, you know, 
He's like, I'm not wrestling anymore because of Jordan Burroughs. He's I was very, class. I was very intrigued. I was very intrigued by Gregor because Gregor was national champion, four-time All-American, coming to MMA. So me, I saw Koshchek. I was like, oh shit, this guy could be as good as he wants to be, you know. So I remember asking him like, why don't you go for the Olympics? And he said that to me. You ever hear of Jordan Burroughs? And I was like, no. At that point, I had no idea who Jordan Burroughs was. Right. And then I was like, oh. Gregor could have potentially beat him in folk style, but the rules of freestyle, there was like no chance, really. I mean, there was a chance, obviously, with training and preparation and just having the right day and off day. But like on paper from what happened in folk style, he was just like, I can't. But Burroughs is super explosive. Right, yeah, so I'm saying no. I'm saying Burroughs versus Valencia, or Burroughs getting older, super explosive. At what point might he lose a step where it could impact? How sound technically is Burroughs? You got he's but, very good, but he's very he's very good at chain wrestling and putting moves together. I just at some point it's got to slow down a little bit. Like Dan, like does Burroughs have that in his toolbox to where when he loses that step? Does he have the rest of it? You know what I mean? Like the. He well, does. And what he did, uh, it was, I don't know, three, four years ago, maybe. I don't know. When people started doubting him, uh, I really can't remember. It might have been actually right after the 2016 Olympics. So then he came back in 2017 and, uh, and, and looked really good, but he was a completely different wrestler. And it's just his ability to reinvent himself and kind of accept that maybe people are figuring out that he's going to shoot a double leg from, from six feet away from you and blast you off your feet. People figured that out and they figured out how to wrestle him. So now he's done a lot better at creating angles and, and kind of getting his guy, opponents to move on laterally and, and then chain wrestling out of his shots too. And going straight to his turns and freestyle. And it's kind of specific to just freestyle international international wrestling where he's getting his takedown. He goes straight to a leg lace and he tech falls people now where he used to just kind of rely on, I'm just going to double down, let him up, take down, let him up. And so I think he's what helps him to be that way is he's able to kind of recognize like, all right, I keep doing the same thing and people are figuring it out. Yes. I'm really, really good at it, but maybe I need to change something a little bit. Um, I think one thing I watched change over the years was he would hit a generic. His is a little different, like level change, penetration shot. Then he started just like, hitting penetration shots for like two inches off the ground. Like you're like, or that reach shot, like regular penetration shot. I blocked it. Like, Oh my God. Like, thank the well, Lord. Well, I'm like, well, both of you guys, both of you guys two being inches. lifelong wrestlers, his double is ridiculous. Like that. It's almost like he just crouches down and whatever the distance is. And he fucking shoots a, uh, yeah, the thing is, like, you don't want to get your head in the way of it either, but that's how you're supposed to defend it. You got to get your head in the way. But, I mean, you see – I mean, I've seen some guys that have trained with them to post pictures out. I think Jake Herbert did a couple of years ago because with their whole, their whole eyes and faces split open because, I mean, you're going to eat his forehead, like, shooting at you like a torpedo, and you got to stop that momentum with your face. Yeah. Like, yeah. One of those, like, in, like, jiu-jitsu, like, when someone has their forearm on your face for a real naked trick, you go, like, all right, cool. But, like, training, like, if you wrestle Jordan Burroughs, you should have a black eye leaving. Yeah, like, to, directly, to sprawl to sprawl on his double, you might get fucked up. Like, Dan, that was the best. Like, after, like, a tournament and you're, like, on the bus ride home and you look in the mirror and you have, like, a fuck, you know, 
your eyebrow is this big. You're like, man, I wrestled hard. Like yeah. I fucking. It does make you feel like you did something. <laughs> yeah. Like you, like for me, I didn't win, but I wrestled hard. <laughs> Nobody needs to know that part. They just need to see like you look tough. You know? Well, I only I I won the Navy Classic. That's my claim to fame. That's all I got. Hey. How many how many college tournaments did you did you win? One. Did you win that West Virginia Open? No, right? No, I lost to Metcalf twice. <laughs> my first college. Yeah, you had him like the second round, no? Yeah, I lost in overtime in like the second round. Then he lost in the semis, and I got him in the wrestle. And you wrestled, you wrestled me. You kept winning, and then you met him. I wrestled Tram too, I think. So wait, what rest? What weight did you two wrestle at? Forty-nine, was, our freshman year. That was one forty-nine. Yeah. Okay. And then one. It might have been one uh, one fifty seven after that. All right, like who? What? What you? Have been. You were forty nine your whole time, menace. No, I was forty nine. You went? Didn't you do? Then uh, lower than I that? No. Off and everything, and then my buddy Matt Moley. Dan, you wrestled Matt Moley, no? Yeah, when we wrestled at Virginia Duels, I wrestled Moley. You wrestled. Uh, both, right? He. Was do so you could enter two guys in like the early the first two tournaments of the year. You could enter two guys in each weight class from each team, and he would just do better than me in the tournaments. Wait, Matt Moley was the one who partied and just like didn't give a fuck and still did good, right? Yes. Yes. So now, two-time All-American, I think. So now, two times should have been three. So obviously, Dan, you worked hard, but like, what was your status? Were you one of those guys? Like, you still partied, or was like wrestling life like? I don't drink during season. I don't fuck girls during season. Uh, I would say my red shirt freshman year. So like high school, I was, I had it locked in. Like I wasn't, I wasn't drinking. I wasn't out doing really anything stupid at all. Like not during season at all. Uh, Same in high but, school. But yeah, red shirt freshman year when you like you realize you're not the starter, and you just go to like a tournament every like two months. I don't know. You can it. It gets easy to kind of slack off a little bit and be like, well, I don't got to make weight for two and a half months. I'll get it down. Yeah. I just won't eat for a week or, you know. So like that year, and I didn't, I didn't really feel like I got much better in my red shirt year because of that probably. Mm. Uh, I did win my la- – the last tournament of the year was the only tournament I won. The Edinburgh Open was the only tournament I ever won. Okay. Uh, wait, wait, I, 49? I, won, I lied. I won the Penn State Open uh, three times. I lied. But – Wow. Hang on. Stan, do you know how many people are in the Penn State Open? Nope. How many? The brackets, like, they are huge. <laughs> 60 or 80 people. And now, I'm thinking, what was Gregor? Gregor was younger, a year younger than you guys? Same age. Same, same age, age, and Gregor was same weight, no? Uh, he, I wrestled him at 149 at NCAAs. The year he won, he beat me in one of the earlier rounds. The next year, we were both up at 157. He was the number one ranked guy, and he lost, and then I beat him in the wrestlebacks. I took third, and he took fifth then. Did you, then ever, did you ever wrestle Menace? He stayed down, and I went up. It's very weird. So I was 149 uh, freshman year, but I was, I, I was a prop 48, or is a prop 49? Prop 48, where like I wasn't even eligible to be on a team because – my SAT scores weren't high enough for some bullshit. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but I also, like, you know, whatever. Uh, so then my redshirt freshman year, 
Matt Moy was on a team. So I beat him Russell off, but he did better in tournament. So he got 57. He got 40, 49. I wrestled off for 57. Got that. So I was 157 for two years. And then Matt was like, I can't make 49 anymore. I'm going to go 57. So then when he went 57, I bumped down to 49. And Gregor did it at the same time. And it went the other way. Right. Yes, because then even like I was segueing into like there's those guys like I'll say a Gregor who now tireless worker but college was a fuck off mm. like fucked around. He was such a he, he tells me all the time, Dan. He was I know such a piece of shit. He was like last in sprints. Like I wouldn't I wouldn't time. say it about him. He said unless he said it himself. So I I've heard some stories about him too. So. Yeah, he tell me he he's a role he, and he won a national title still. Yeah. I know. Well, no, he would tell me he would fuck off in all the sprints at the end of the practice. And at the end of the sprints, you know, coach would be like, all right, whoever wins this one, you're done. <laughs> he, would, he was like, I had to put the Jets on and win that one. Dude, because you know, like the workhorses that fucking go hard every single one. He yeah. was like, King was ready to fucking kill me, dude. Like, <laughs> well, even some, something that was funny for me was knowing Gregor from day, from day one into MMA, whatever. And then talking to him, him telling me the stories. Then when I went to California, I met, you know, Ryan Lang, Belmont? Yeah. I met Ryan Lang, and he was like, Gregor's my boy, bro. And all his stories corroborated everything Gregor had ever said. And I was like, oh, okay. Ryan was pretty wild, too, when he was younger, wasn't I? I know he's yeah. a Western, but I've I never really like, hung out with him, but I, I heard he was pretty wild, too. He was another guy at party, too, and somehow won a title. And you're like, what? Yeah, like just wrestled on, wrestled on autopilot. I think yeah, Ryan was a runner-up and a two-time national, a, a two-time All-American and a runner-up. Yeah, he got he got beat pretty bad in the finals. Uh, I forget who he wrestled that year, but yeah, he's definitely a finalist though. I'm forgetting who he wrestled that year too, but he was supposed to win. It was a huge upset. Yeah. No, he got beat like bad too, and it was like everybody. It was in Detroit. It was my freshman year. It was the same year Gregor won. And now when he got that, he told me the story of that. And he was like, bro, I wasn't even there. He was like, I was so fucked up. And then he, I forget who he wrestled. Darian Bakersfield kid. He told me a story about the match before the finals. Was when that he, 41? It was. Well, yeah, because he wrestled Darian Caldwell is where he, he was about to go with that. That was the craziest, like, 40-second match. I've yeah, he, he was getting fucked up by Caldwell. They both threw each other to the back, like, multiple times. Yeah. Like, the first 40 seconds of the match. It was like... It was like nine six, and then like Lang. Dude, we gotta get Darren Colville on the show, dude. I forgot about that dude. I'm sure Darian would one hundred percent come on the show too. Another shot that we need to shoot. But I've seen many of those guys that were just fuck offs. That it's like, no, no, no. I'm all fucked up. My personal life. I'm I'm a drug addict, alcoholic, whatever. But put me on a wrestling mat, and I'm one of the best alive. Like, even for Menace, I know Menace always says, like, fuck, not, like, satirically, he says, fuck those guys, like, because Menace worked tirelessly. Uh, I try to do all the right things, like, by the book, like, ugh. But there's almost, so, so, Dan, there's that, like, I think some of those guys, like, Gregor and uh, Ryan, uh, that it's almost like what, John Jones was doing early in his career. Like he'd be partying the weekend before. Like if I lose, this is the reason why I have 
I have like an I have a reason why I'm gonna I I lost. You could use that as because I was partying the weekend before. Not that I was I tried my hardest. It like relieves stress. Well, it's kind of like a crutch, I guess, because you can exactly use that as an excuse. Like, well, if I wanted to, I would have won. So yeah. Yeah, but I was partying. Like, and then you win, and you're like, wow, you fucker. I'm fu- <laughs> I'm fucking good. I'm good. I I totally get it. Because for me, I'd be in a match. I'm wrestling dead and I'm, I'm like, man, I did everything right. Why am I losing? And like this, like pressure builds up. Like one correlation you see, or at least I've seen between that, is wrestling dads. They all well, two things. They all started when they were like five, seven, eight. They all started really young, and they had a wrestling dad. Dan, when did you start wrestling? Second grade. All right, so you're, all right, he's there. You're in that ballpark. Did you have a Did you have a wrestling dad? He wrestled. He wrestled in high school. He wasn't like the stereotypical wrestling dad now. Like he was like, he asked me if I wanted to do it, and the only reason I said yes is because it was like my dad asked me. I feel like he wants me to say yes, and like I didn't really think I would like it. I just went to like a summer clinic my in second grade, and then. I ended up just really liking it, but uh, he never made me do. The good thing was like he never made me go anywhere. If I wanted to go to a tournament, he would take me. But he was never that guy that like bashing me in the corner because I didn't shoot on a kid or something. Like right. the only time I ever got yelled at is when I was disrespectful. If I lost matches, like when I was a little kid and threw temper tantrums, <laughs> which I deserved. Yeah. Which I don't know exactly how I feel about that. Could you see kids lose a match and like, well, blah, 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 blah. yeah, like, I, threw, I threw some stupid. You actually stuff. give a shit. That's why you're like, oh, this stuff. is bullshit. Like, yes, obviously there's Levels like we see it. a kid like lose. He's like, he's just, he's upset. All right. Great. I still, do, I still do that. Yeah. I still, I still do that too. But when a kid like, I was throwing, I was throwing, throwing, throwing shit and I was doing that. that. Chairs, I guess that's where you got like, oh, like third grade, together. fourth grade, like, yeah, throwing my headgear, like stupid stuff like that. Like I deserve to be reprimanded for that. But um, in general, well, he was really good at. Uh, like, I'm here for you if you need anything. I'm not going to make you do anything. But like, if you want to go get private lessons, where I'm willing to drive you, I'm willing to pay for them. Um, that was, if I if I do have a kid ever that wrestles, I would hope that I kind of follow that same that same path because I've seen way too many parents that are trying to live vicariously through their kids and their kids are second, third graders. And it's, right. Yeah. It's, it's really sad to see it. Sometimes those parents, are, it's, some parents are crazy and that's in every sport too, but I just yeah. been wrestling for, I've been wrestling. Yeah, for but it, it's, it's so weird how, well, not that's weird, but nobody's the same. Everybody takes like, for example, like my dad didn't give one fuck about wrestling so like for me it's like man let me show him like i worked my butt off like pop like look i'm doing this good like Like, but he didn't know anything you know what i mean and then like so for me it was like my dad not paying attention made me work so hard that he could be like yeah my son's pretty good you know like the yeah pretty good you know and then on the opposite (laughs) side our buddy alex like, I remember him telling me, like, 
he wasn't doing good in like a club practice. Yeah. <laughs> and like his dad fucking ripped him out of practice and like whooped his ass. Yeah. And then he still, uh, that's when he was young. He still went on to wrestle in college and try, you know. And then like Gregor, I remember Gregor like majored a kid, like almost tech followed him. And it was dad like, you should have picked, you should have pinned that kid in like the second period, like run home. <laughs> and then Gregor's dad went to all the parents and said, do not give him a ride home. He like won the tournament. Do not give him a ride home. Do not give him a ride home. There was this kid. Gregor ran home in the snow. We had this kid uh, that used to, him and I used to have always really had close matches. This kid, Chris DeBlock from Jersey. And like him and I were really good friends. Our parents were really good friends, but his dad was like, he could be a little bit of hothead. The opposite of your dad. Yes. Like my dad doesn't say a word. Like he's a louder guy, but uh, the district tournament, top three from the district tournament go on to the regional tournament. So my freshman year, Chris beat me during the regular season. So he was a three seed. I was the four seed and I ended up beating him for third to go to States. So he was just out. He didn't go to the state tournament or the regional tournament. And his dad made him shovel the, the yard, like not the driveway, made him actually go out, like snow shovel the, the grass, the whole yard at his house. Like he had to actually, like, I don't know how much snow. I remember we had like good amount of snow. Yeah. And I was like, you go outside and you're shoveling the whole entire yard. Not the driveway, but just shoveling the grass. Didn't menace you used to like punish yourself? Like- oh, I was awful. So, so, <laughs> so my freshman, my freshman year, yo, Dan, Dan will really like this because nobody knows this happened except for Alex. So, my freshman year, it's me, and my buddy Alex. He's better than me. I like catch up. I get better. Whatever. He fails out his freshman year, right? So then he spends the first half of I'm I'll talk to the guy like once a week. Like, yo, Alex, what's going on? And like he's like my best buddy. And I'm like, dude, get your fucking GPA up and come back to school. You know? So he he gets his grades up enough to come back to Bloomsburg. And there are wrestle offs. Dan, your belt, your mic's off. I know it's because my wife's in here. She's on the phone, so I'm going. Okay, you can, you whatever. Anyways, so it's me versus Alex. I'm like, I'm better than him now. He's been away, and I had wrestled against him where like I was doing better, you know. So Restloff comes. Alex beats me. I'm like, what the fuck? So I fucking. I just run out of the wrestling room. You remember Bloomsburg, right? Here, yeah. the field house. I run, I run, and I'm in like regular workout gear. I run, and it was still like fall. So I run all the way down the field house to Spruce Street. Spruce Street is this hill that's like fucking this. And I just start running Spruce Street. And like, we were like one of the like, towards the end, like wrestle offs. And my coach comes and finds me running Spruce Street. And he's like, get in the car. I'm like, no, fuck this. This is bullshit. I fucking hate this shit. I quit. He's like, you don't fucking quit. You're not quitting. Get in the car. I'm like, no, coach. I don't want like, because you know when your coach like tells you to do something and you're like, at first you might be like, fuck off. Second time, like, no, like, no. 
Third time, like I don't, like I don't want to. <laughs> Fourth time, like fine, <laughs> you know. And I'm in the car, and uh, and that happened. You probably beat the fucking guy by Russell. Who's the kid from? Was it Drexel that had like his throws were nasty? Uh, uh, he had a younger brother as well. I can't. I'm trying to think. His thing, I think it was a side headlock. Or no, or a lat throw. I'm not was sure. It was it Drexel? Anyways, I remember my coach was like, yo. And he's never said this to me before. Like, yo, you're wrestling so-and-so. Watch out for this. Like, yo, this kid's good at this. So, like, he even, like, gave me a few drills to, like, be good at that. So, I win that match, like, and this kid, I think he tacked pinned me. <laughs> it was, like, heck, pinning somebody is the biggest insult clowning somebody you can do. Right, Dan? Yeah. Like, and the thing is, it was like dumb shit. Like, I would get up, like, enraged and attack him. And then he would just be like, okay. Like, I would get, like, the takedown. And, like, he would reverse me to my back type shit, like, for five. I'm like, nah! and I would get out. And it would just, dude, I lost. I ran out of the gymnasium. It's like January. Sing went down and just started doing laps. Around the field house, like <laughs> people were looking at me like, "What? It's it's thirty degrees out. He's running in spandex <laughs> with his you no know, shirt. Like, what is wrong with this guy?" But no, I I think I don't. And exactly wait, and being the only Puerto Rican up there, they were probably like, "Yo, these yeah, Puerto, like, these Puerto Ricans are fucking wild up here too." Yeah. <laughs> uh, these Puerto Ricans are wild. I wanted it so bad it hurt me. That's a thing. Yeah, I can understand that. Yeah, some guys. Well, that's like some guys have that motivation. Other guys are kind of push there and just become that guy through the wrestling dads. Or a pe- so even we can segue to that. Like Dan, you have brothers, sisters, anything like that? Uh, two younger sisters. All right, so they didn't wild. wrestle. It is wild that he's the success story he is with not saying you're no, I'm gonna say your sisters didn't push you to be who you are today. Maybe he had to get tough to protect them. Nah, that wasn't the case either, really. They were like I was never worried about them. They were very they stuck to themselves. They were good. Like they got good grades. They were never like I was never worried about players, no guys coming. Yeah, I was never worried about like the wrong people, them hanging out with the wrong people. Wait, you- they were good at soccer, right? Yeah, they didn't party. They didn't do like you kept them away from menace, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <They know. laughs> so that's uh, next question is relationship status right now. Single, married, no, married, married, no kids, no kids. All right, was the wife with you in the room right now? Uh, she just walked in a couple minutes ago, but she's actually in the shower right now. All right, because then we stand. She could probably squat you. She could squat probably. and definitely more than she could squat more than me. Probably right now. I don't. I, get, I just going. do cardio and wrestle. I don't lift anymore. She so she like did like some like powerlifting competitions back in the day. She, What's she throwing up? 
I don't know. Well, I was going to take you to a hypothetical. You don't want to know. You're like, all right, sick, babe. A hypothetical question. A hypothetical question. When you and Menace were roommates, over or under, how many girls did you see Menace bring home? 15, over or under? And we got six months, right? You guys lived together in six months? Yeah. Yeah. Well, you guys lived together for six months? All right, I'll give them 15, and that's lowballing it. Over or under? I'm going to say under because not for anything that is against Dennis. It was because it was the same people. It was like the same group of people. Yeah, hang on. It, he had like, he no, had Stan, like, I'm going to come in and say it, it's way under 15 because me and Dan sometimes would get too bombed where like we're going to go out and like, yeah, we're going to bar hop and like we just wouldn't make it out of our complex. <laughs> so our complex was fucked up because it was like, oh, dude, it was. Apartment, <laughs> right? And then there was a bunch of other apartments, right? So me and, me and, me and Dan would do like a power hour. Bang. Like, all right. You ready to go? I feel awesome. You feel good? Yeah, sick. We walk out of our door. Our neighbor be like, what's up, guys? Want a beer? Like, okay. We have a beer with him. We would maybe, maybe it would be two beers. Then we move. We're trying to get the stairs. Someone else like, yo, want a beer? Okay. Bang, a beer there. Get down the stairs. And there was this like. Uh, fire, they had a fire pit or something down there. Our apartment was like this. Like, this is all apartments. This is all apartments up here. Then there was stairs that came down the middle. And same thing downstairs. So this was like this little like fire pit and grill down there. So we get it down there and there's usually people hanging out down there too. Like, yo, what's up guys? Didn't see you guys. Like, want a beer? Like, okay. So like before we even got like even walking to Long Beach, hang on, we drank anywhere from six to nine beers in the power hour. Now we're downstairs. We're at like 12 beers. We're like, oh, I'm I would say that the girls are bet. You, know? you, you didn't really want to chase down the girls in Long Beach anyway. You needed to find people from somewhere else. Yeah. And that required uh, going to bars in different places, which we like. Know. And then the, the few times, like, like, dude, let's do a bar crawl. We'll start one end. We'll work the, you know, work down. Like, and wait, now that I'm racking my brain, you had a kid on the way. You might have been in a relationship at that time as well. If anything, I was self-destructive. Hmm. Yeah, no, the, the relationship did start to become but, a real thing. Then. But but that's why I asked that question, Dan, because I've hypothetically I've seen Menace do some things. We'll leave it yeah. at that. Uh-huh, used, to be, gotcha. used to be a real a real lady killer. So now you're you're a lady. Where'd you guys meet? Long Beach. I was gonna say I knew that's She's where it happened. From there, though. She's not from there. <laughs> She's from Brooklyn, but she lives in PA. Well, her family grew up. She grew up in PA. She was actually out there for school. Because yeah. Long Beach is a hot spot. It is. I mean, it's a great spot for people that were our age, like 20 to 30s. But it's a really cultish town, though. Like, if you're not from there, eventually, like, people, they don't, like, accept you as a local ever. It's well, kinda... one example I use is Volante. Gian Volante loved it so much, yeah. he moved there. Yeah, I heard he moved there. I actually didn't know that. Like, and I, like, that was... We'd have to get him on to find out if the girl that he had a baby with was from Long Beach, but there's a pretty yeah, good, there's he also, pretty good chance. A kid now. He, I wonder if he still lives there or not. I would imagine. You I, would imagine? What do you mean? That's not like the environment you want to like. No, I don't think I. The temptation of going out and having I mean, kid, like, total, like. total speculation. I don't think he was renting. I think he bought something on the water he i'm pretty sure he bought a uh condo on the water right 
Something like that. Or it might be a house. Buy like an apartment or some shit. Yeah, you might buy those condos. Uh, those ha- like the houses are. I don't know for just him, a girl, and a kid. Like it's you'd have to. They aren't cheap, and they don't go up for sale. Not big either. Yeah, they're not. Yeah, they're not. All right. Well, that was like I said, speculation. But Long yeah, Beach. Yeah, back on. Yeah, for sure. Long Beach, great place. But Dan, what are you uh getting into tonight? Anything? Or we what did we catch you in the middle of? Well, I'm gonna do some work for Fanatic Wrestling, and be a bum pretty much. My birthday's tomorrow, so saving yeah, up for tomorrow. Happy birthday, dude. Yeah, thanks, man. Yeah, cheers. Dennis, to Dennis did make me like he did make me. Uh, he did make me go to the beer store real fast. I said that I didn't want to drink. Oh, I was gonna say next well, time. Like what? I was gonna say next time, come prepared, Dan. This is what we do here. But I see you are prepared. Uh, he, told, he told me. So, but I was. I was what is that? But not like drinking what? anything at all today. Black cherry, seltzer. Oh, oh. all right. Cheer- I know, but I made seltzers. Cheer- cheers, Dan. Oh, I got some pumpkin ale there. Yes, Great South Bay. Dinner's got a mystery drink down there. No, it's Great South Bay, dude. Dennis is not drinking beer for the month of November. I told him that. Yeah, you did tell me earlier. I forgot, though. Which makes me, it's funny, because me and Dan, like, so I fought in August, and then it was just like, what? We just, because his season didn't start really till like, they start training a little bit at the end of August and September. So there was like two weeks of me and Dan just like, what? what's up, dude? Like just smashing drinks, you know? And then like September's roll rise, like, dude, we're starting to get fat. Like we got to switch over to vodka sodas. <laughs> I did so too. whenever I drink a vodka soda, that pops in my head. Zero carbs. Yeah. Oh, always the vodka soda. Remember I was on that kick remember, a little bit. Remember nice? me? I made you do it for a little bit. You did lose some weight. Yeah. But then I went back to the beer, and now I'm fat again. Well, but, it's hard this time. Is pumpkin nails are good. Like, good take I'm, like 250 calories a pop with them, and like whatever 30 cal like 30 carbs, something crazy like that. I'm not. But the a- thing what people don't know is when you drink alcohol and then you eat, your body goes, "Whoa, fuck that food." There's poison in our system. Let's break that down first, and then we'll get to the food later. So let's break down the poison, which is the alcohol, and it goes, hang on, we don't have enough time to break down this food. Let's store this fat, and we'll get to that later. So pretty much you drink, your body processes the alcohol, and the food gets like, and then with carbs, even more so. Yes, but Dan, we're trying to be the mantra here. (laughs) We talk about shit like that, alcohol tips. (laughs) Stupid I shit. Wrestling tips. Are you, you don't pay attention to MMA at all, right? No, he does. Yeah, I, I mean, I've lost track a little bit. I've, I cornered Eve Edwards in a fight before. I mean, I've been to plenty of them. Dan's uh, the reason why I met Eve Edwards. Eve Edwards was having – he had a strong connection. Like, Eve's knew, like, that's the part of his game he needed to get better. At. All right. I was under the impression that Dan and Eve's came into that situation through you. But all right, oh, so Dan no, knew no. Eve. Yeah, so you were in the Ultimate Fighter. I didn't realize that you were in the finals yet because you didn't tell anybody. Right. But um, Eve wanted me to go train with him down at ATT, and you I couldn't. Go. And I was like, "Well, I know Dennis is fighting. Maybe like maybe Dennis wants to go down." It ended up being perfect for you. I didn't realize like how it was something weird where you you had like you could have gone, but it was gonna be you had something you kind of had to do, and you're like, "Dennis, can you go for me?" 
It was like right when I started at Hofstra. I don't remember. Right. It was something I was like, I, I can't take a week off. Like my freight run started. It was something right. like that. Right, right. And then so, yeah, you went down there and trained with him. And then that started that connection, I guess, between yeah. you guys. And then he would come train. He would come stay with me and Dan. Yeah, cool. I mean, Dan, did you ever look at Dennis and be like, "Fuck, I could do this shit. I can go fight." <laughs> no, no. It was never. It was never an idea for you. I, I had considered fighting a little bit, but I went to school for engineering. Like, I don't need to get punched in the head for a living. I, it looks like honestly, I love training it. I love learning. Once I'm done wrestling, I would like to learn a little bit more. Like when I was working with Eve, I did like some basic striking, some Muay Thai, and I rolled jujitsu with those guys plenty of times. It's just a good different look, a different workout, it's, something you've it's, never done. It's, yeah, and when you don't know that much, you learn so much so fast, so you can feel like you're like learning a lot, which you are, uh, and it, it is a lot of fun. So <clears throat> I just, I think I got into it a little late too. Right. I was just going in a different path. Uh, if it was as big as it was maybe five years ago when I was when you came out of high college. Yeah. When I was like a little younger, because I never, it never crossed my mind to do it while I was in college. It wasn't until after when I started working with Eve and I'm like, yeah, yeah. For your age, it was a little bit before your time to where it was like, that's a career path. Yeah. Like menace was one of the crazy ones that was like, nah, this is what I'm doing. I'm going to go fight people in well, a cage. Uh, first, hang on. To be honest with you, no, it was, I, I just started doing it for fun. Like, yeah, but I'm saying you when you started Menace, you were still in that point where it's like you fight in the cage. Like it wasn't. Someone told me like, "Yo, you can make X amount of dollars doing this." I was like, "What? Like really? It, it, like right now, people are like, oh, UFC, Conor McGregor. We got fighting got to that point where it's like everyone knows UFC. When you first started, people were probably like, "Dude, you yeah. work at you work at UPS. Why don't you fight in the cage? What? Yeah, <laughs> the male With gloves or bare like, knuckle, like Mortal Kombat." Man. <laughs> to the death. You could deliver the mail, bro. They won't punch you in the face. <laughs> they might sometimes, but only if you oh, only if you're delivering stolen ballots. Apparently, Dan. Oh, wow. <laughs> but, but Dan, we'll keep you here all night if you want to stay. But so, like I said, Menace has spoken about you many times. We're like friends, Dan. You don't even know it. So, anytime you want to be my co-host or you want to come on and jump on as our third co-host. Talk to anybody. We love talking about wrestling, fighting, relationships, stuff like that. You're more than welcome. So Dan, I had, I had, we had, like I told you, we had Mark Hall on last weekend. Um, We're killing it with Penn State wrestlers right now. So no, I was just like, dude, like, do you party? He's like, I drink some beers. I'm like, okay. I did I'm see like, him. I did see him. Ever came down to Philly and drank beers with you and Dal Mama. Like, what would be the time? He was like, right now. Like, now I was right. like, what? Yeah, and, well, he doesn't live here yet, though. That's the thing. Well, no, he was like, Dennis, he's like, if you don't think I'll come for a night, he's like, I go back and forth all the time. He's like, if you, you let me know, and I'll come. And I was like, whoa. Well, and then I looked it up, and you guys were on the list. What list? I was gonna, I was gonna hit you up last week, like, yo, Dan, I might come down this weekend, but Pennsylvania was on the list for what? you can't go there list. Yeah, or coming back from or some bullshit. Well, like that because New York City, you guys got some weird crap going up in New York. I know, I know. Dan, I'm, you know, I'm trying to fly people up to film up in Boston with us at BJJ Fanatics, and like 
if they're in the five boroughs, like they can't fly out of Manhattan or they got to quarantine to it. It just happened. I, they just changed the rules, right? Just, Oh my God. Damn. We are fucked here. We are fucked here. Every other day. No, every other day. There's something new. And even now, if Joe Biden becomes the president or they say he's going, whatever's going to happen with that Cuomo is just going to be like, Oh shit. I, I can do whatever. Now I can really do whatever I want. Yeah. I'm not going to speak my mind too much about my, uh, my love for a Cuomo that doesn't exist, but uh, I don't feel bad that I don't live in New York City <laughs> or in the boroughs. Bro, so so it's many people have left. In the boroughs, no, Stan. No, they they Was say the rules apply to us. Yes, well, because we're in New York State, they say that we are the sixth borough, but technically that doesn't really exist. But New York State, so Cuomo is New York State. De Blasio is the city. In, in charge of us is Steve Ballone, like our county legislator. Right. So it is New York State as a whole. I thought it was just the city that you couldn't like. Nope. New York State as a whole. And then de Blasio comes down with his own rules as well. well like, like we don't have to deploy. Up there for a doctor's appointment a few days ago. But. Oh, my God, it's a shithole. Like, even I was talking to Menace. Like, are you familiar with Gordon Ryan, Dan? Yeah, absolutely. He Oh, he's a big – I think he has a, a program on uh, BJJ Fanat. Yeah. He's actually maybe cre- he's creating another one in the very, very near future. He's doing it from somewhere else, apparently. Somewhere tropical is what I was told by Gordon Ryan. They're leaving New York because they're not – he was – posting videos on Instagram right before we went live saying like what am I going to pay $50 of my income for this and then he showed homeless people on the street he was talking about how some fat lady probably sprayed pee on him or something yeah yeah like I actually heard that that just happened today that's and that's the thing Dan you've seen I, it you're right in PA right now but you're from Jersey that's Manhattan yeah. And so if you put no that. Desire to go to Manhattan. <laughs> if that's Manhattan and then you take the powers of the police away and say, we don't want you guys fucking with people. We don't want you guys doing this and that. Cops are just going to stand there while shit like that happens. For sure. Um, yeah. So I'm yeah, not. Some lady sprayed Gordon Ryan with piss. He said he had a water bottle. She had a water bottle. He showed his water bottle. And then he said the lady just came up, started screaming, sprayed him with a water bottle. And then he's like, what do I know is in that water bottle? That could be that lady's piss. Oh. You Bro. can't put your hands on her. Like you can't. I don't know. It's I weird. probably would, personally would have smacked it out of her hand. Bro, there's a I weird. Got on, it would still get on you. It's a weird fine line. Like you saw that one video. He, just put his, he put his house up on Instagram. It was like showing like his house is on sale. So I was just telling Menace. Yeah, he. He so remember when in 2016 when the election happened and so many people were like if Trump wins I'm moving. Nobody moved. Nobody they, moved. they were all full of shit. Gordon Ryan was like if Joe Biden wins if New no he didn't even, he said if New Jersey votes Democrat I'm fucking leaving and they voted Democrat he was like I'm fucking leaving. And then he he's got, po- money, he's got some money, so he can he can pick. Yeah, up. he was probably like, yeah, it's good reason to get out of here, you know. Taxes taxes are brutal anyway, <laughs> and and they're about to go up apparently. But yeah, just uh, I respect that. That because he's got like a million dollar house. Yeah, he was trying to sell for one point two five. Is what he had to said online. Jujitsu pays good. Yeah, but oh my god, yeah. Does wrestling fanatics pay that good? <laughs> no, yeah, but. 
Or how, what? Fanatic wrestling. Fanatic wrestling. Well, the thing is, Dan, you, I think you would agree with this too. Like, it seems like wrestling kind of saw the money that some of these jujitsu players are making. I'm like, we could do it too. Yeah, I think. I mean, I haven't ruled out like just rolling around for after I'm done. Maybe. Oh my god, you would be a terror. Well, what's up, Dan? When are you gonna do a beat the streets or something? I gotta retire, yo. Well, why I ain't, going to, I ain't going to beat the streets in Manhattan? We just got through this. Well, wait, <laughs> why is is beat the streets just for retired wrestlers more or less? No. What do you mean? No. Everyone's active. What are you talking about? No, they like they ask they ask people like they ask Burroughs, so they haven't asked me. I would if they asked me to do it. I would absolutely do it. Oh uh, well, you know what we're gonna do? We're gonna slide in Jesse Jansen's DMs. We're gonna be like, yo, put Valmont on the next one you do. Even if it so somebody else who's thirty four years old, give him a thirty six year old. We'll go up who's a couple in, inches. Who, who's in that class that still is doing it? That's in your weight class, Dan. Jordan. Jordan's like I well, think you're I'm, younger. I'm the oldest. I'm ninety nine percent sure I'm the oldest. But how, how about we do? Isn't two? that as an excuse? But it, I think it's the truth. How about Jordan's only one year less than me, and he's still knocking at the door to win world titles. So one year isn't an excuse for me. Who's the dude when I was living with you? Fuck, why am I drawing a blank of his name? That was like throwing people. He's got like, he like tans a lot too. (laughs) I know I'm there. It's very general. I'm trying to think. Menace will be like, who's that guy? He's white. He does. He, t- he definitely tans, and he like came out of retirement too to like come back too. Jason Lapham. No. I don't think I've ever met him. No, uh, no, we didn't. We didn't like. I don't know him on a personal level. He was just someone I looked up to, like when I was in high school, and then I remember like beats the streets, and he came like out and was tossing people. At at forty five and a half, you're talking about uh, oh, shoot, what's his name? Arizona. He shaves like his whole body. He's like tan, black hair, like dark hair. I feel like you're talking. I I don't. It's killing me. I can't think of his name. Uh, oh, man, it's right. He's like a former Olympic medalist. He was, yes. he was, but he was at Arizona State. Trained. I don't know why I can't think of his name right now. Actually, you know, really drawing a blank. But that was very vague. I was thinking you were talking about somebody like that you and I both personally knew. No, no, I don't know him. <laughs> Fuck. I'll, All right, I got, I got to head out though. But yeah, me too. I'm out of here. I do want to uh, jump back on again at some point. So we like it. You guys having me on? Anytime, Dan. You're always welcome here at Medicine the Man. Next time, come prepared with some. Just come prepared. To make give, up stuff about me. Steve. To give men a shit and make him feel like a loser. You gotta come here I make with Sam feel like a loser all the time. No, yeah. no, yes, I, do. no, you don't. But we just like come people coming in here making fun of me. Show that. Dan your stomach. Why do I want to show Dan my stomach? You don't need make to do you that. like a loser. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Dan Belmont, two-time all right. All-American from Penn State. You're the man. Thank you for stopping by, and we'll uh, talk to you soon. You stay classy. Yeah, I love you, dude. Let's hang out. Right. Have a good one. I might even bring Stan with me. Maybe if he's a all good right. boy. We'll, we'll we'll make it happen in Philly. Hey, you stand at Mark Hall? Yep, let's do it. Right. And we're going to go egg Kale's house. 
<laughs> Talk about that later. <laughs> That's wild. Can't say that, Stan. Why? Is he like Jesus? He's like a god to wrestling. You just pretty much said you'd like egg a church. Or Michael, you wouldn't egg Michael Jordan's house? No. Why? Because he'd cross over and fucking hit a layup on you? What would he do? Call the cops? Just, I mean, he's just a legend. You just don't do that to legends. Dude. It was a joke. It's called... They earned the right. It was a joke. But let's wrap this bitch up. So... We had a couple MMA topics. We don't even need to talk about them. We'll save them for next episode. Episode ninety-seven. Episode ninety-seven. Did you ever? Did you ever shoot a shot again? Same thing we talked about with Usman. I think that applies to Poirier as well. Okay. And here's why I'll say it: because he runs a charity, a legit, a legit charity. So I think his phone might be blowing up every day. Okay. So let's get Poirier on him versus Conor McGregor is getting closer and closer to a done deal. Right. We've also seen Michael Chandler saying, if it's not a done deal, I'll fight Conor. So it's crazy shit's happening in MMA. Did we recap this past weekend? Yes, a little bit. There's a, a fight card this weekend. We'll just go over the main event. Paul Felder. It was supposed to be Islam Makachev, Makachev, whatever you pronounce it. First, Rafa, your boy, Rafael Dos Anjos. I, I don't know why Islam has pulled out, but he's pulled out. Paul Felder's going to fight him on four days' notice. Five days' notice. Hey, hats off to him. He's yes. a bad man for that. He's one of those guys, too. Long overdue for an appearance on Menace and the Man, but we'll work on that. And Our dad, Paul. Both of them, actually. I just realized that, yeah. I, we, I don't think we ever even tried either one, to be honest. Not really. Yeah. I think I hit up Ashley the one time and was like, give me vaguely, I said Paul Felder, or give me the the sucker punch MMA guys, and that meant Paul Felder. But we never followed up with it. But let me just see if there's anything else on this card that you care about. So wait, though, Paul Felder. Well, as long as RDA hits the takedowns, I got RDA. I was going to say, Paul Felder versus RDA. By... RDA by decision. If he tries, I mean, has he ever submitted one anybody in the UFC? How many submissions do they have in the UFC? Mem- I, mean, I think remember. I mean, recently, remember Neil Magny. He finished Neil Magny would have had an arm choke. I remember. Um, this is kind of one of those cards. Our girl Ashley Yoder is fighting, so we hope Ashley. Okay. Okay, we got two. Two uh, Ashley Yoder is fighting Miranda. Fighting. Miranda Granger. Okay, I got Yoder, the M- monkey. Might as well be Miranda fucked up because Ashley Yoder is going to beat that ass. <laughs> and then Randa Marcos is fighting as well. Oh, she's got that's a quick Bro, turnaround. Ran- Randa Marcos, I think, took this fight on a few days' notice too. Holy shit! She like just fought like two weeks ago now. Yes. Randa Marcos is always DTF. Down to fight. Down to fight. Down to fight. <laughs> like you did there, Stan. That was good. Kanako Can- Murata. That's who she's fighting. Asian? Japanese, and she's tough. Okay. She is. This is her UFC debut, but she's. 
two and zero. Oh and hey, what UFC's been bringing in Asian chicks that are like killers. Yeah, the girl who beat the girl Zan, whatever her name is, the girl who beat Claudia this weekend is fucking good. She's like twelve and one or thirteen and one. The way she beat Claudia, we talked about this though too. Claudia always guesses for some reason. Ever since right. Cla- ever since Claudia came to America, she guesses. Right. Don't know if that's the testing. Don't know if that's the training camp. Don't know if that's just getting older. Lack of preparation. Yeah, I don't know yeah. what I don't know what that is. But she gets tired. She was she won the first round. Japanese girl won the next two. But we're going Randa Marcos. We're going Ashley Yoder. And. I only care about the main event, I guess. You don't know you don't you don't know anyone else fighting. Eric Eric Andrews is fighting. That's the only other name you might know. It's but, like a, a mulatto dude, right? Yeah, the football player. But Paul Felder versus Rafael Dos Anjos. You got RDA. Yeah. I'm gonna gamble. You no, know, I mean he's been in a training camp, but we spoke about it. We spoke about Paul Felder is taking on short notice. The reason why he took the fight is because he's training for a triathlon. He hasn't. He's going to come into the fight fresh, like no like little stupid injuries. He's going to be in sick shape. And also, like when you sign up to fight, there's like this pressure that builds as the fight gets closer. He doesn't have that. Um, no pressure at all. Like fuck it. And he's on this like, all right, let's let's fucking do. It. Who gives a shit? You know what I mean? Like, he's almost, especially that he hasn't sparred, hasn't fought. He's getting in there for that, you know what I mean? Like, that real... What? What? uh, Odds? And, like, like, when you take a fight on a short notice kind, there's a little bit, like, on paper, I'm supposed to lose. Fuck it. Let me go in there and give it hell. You know? Like, um, when was RDA's last win? RDA's last win, I think, yeah. I think was Robbie Lawler. RDA has been on a bit of a skid lately. I was, so that's not. I mean, man, I might even fucking throw fifty at Paul just because he's the underdog. No, RDA's last win was Kevin Lee. Oh, yeah. after Gregor, right? Mm, yeah, after Gregor. No. 170. Why? Has Gregor not fought in that long? No. No, right right before Gregor. Right before Gregor. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah, because I was going to say, Gregor hasn't. Gregor's fought since then. But no, RDA, he's won in his last, we'll say his last five. He's one in four. Yeah, but where's that win? The first of the four? He, Is he on the three fight skid? He lost to Colby. He lost to Usman. Then he beat Kevin Lee. Then he lost to Leon Edwards. Granted, all those fights were at 170. Oh, my. And all those guys are fucking assassins. But Kevin Lee's lost a 55er, and then he lost to his last fight. He lost to Michael Chiesa. But this fight is at 55. This fight, he's going back down to 55. Felder's last fight, he lost that war to Dan Hooker. Split decision. This fight's gonna be. I think this fight might be closer than we think. I'm. I was gonna say. I think I'm gonna. I'm obviously always looking for a good underdog and a good bet. I think Paul Felder's live in this fight. Yeah. RDA is another that same conversation. Like, 
it applies differently at all different ages, obviously. All different fighters, everyone, people peak at different ages. RDA is up there. This could be the fight where all of a sudden RDA is slow. Is old that we always talk about. This might be that fight. fight where he's old. 36. 36. He er- always. What's Paul? Paul's no like sprint. No, no, no. Paul, Paul's old too. 32? Paul might be 36 too. Paul's 36 as well. Oh, wow. All Paul- right. It got really even really quick. Yes. And the other thing is RDA coming back down to 55. He always had trouble. There's reports. Remember, he like fell and passed out one time, cutting weight, knocked his head and some or some shit. He's always had trouble. Paul's not small the weight class either, and he's no. probably Paul's probably got to cut like eighteen pounds in. No, days. no, no. Uh, like I said, Paul, while he said he hasn't. Oh, if he's doing a ton of running, he might be. He's really yeah, yo. He was on. Remember the show with Bilal Muhammad? He said he hadn't trained the way he needs to for a fight. He hasn't sparred, but he's training. He's in shape. He's training for a triathlon. So he said... And running a lot, yeah, you're going to be a little lighter. He said his weight's lower than it's ever been, like as low as could be. He said he could make weight. I think he... I'd have to go back and check it. He might have said I can make weight tomorrow, like he's low. Damn. Yeah. So I'm going to go Paul Felder in that. Granted... Sorry, I'm going to go RDA, but I'm going to bet on Paul Felder. I'm going with the odds and the bet, obviously. RDA should win. I was looking up the odds. They weren't coming up, but Paul Felder is going to be an underdog. Go on, Paul Felder. Menace, it was great seeing you. I want you to shoot that shot. We need to get Gordon Ryan on. He's become... Oh, very well. I've always been a fan. He's slowly become one of my favorite people. All right. I'm going to do it. All right. Well, hit him with your send-off. Well, see you later. Goodbye, everyone. I got it off.